It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. All right, here we go on a Friday. Rothman and Ice, presented by your local Pella Window and Door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, CB, a.k.a. the Gum Grafter with you. The Triumphant. Here we go, fellas. How are we feeling today? Feeling good, AR. It's good to hear from you, my man. Wish we were in person. One day, one day, we'll be back together <laughs> in the studio. Oh. I don't know when that will be, but it will happen. But no, all, all good, brother. Sun shining. It's Friday. We got a lot to get into, so I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We do, my man. We do. And it's, uh, there, you know, many things we'll get into today and all the, it's, I understand you and I do the radio show every day. We do three hours of this. We're going to have discussions. We're going to bring up stuff. We're going to debate stuff. And it gets to the point where you just don't want to hear anything until you hear something official. Like, that's it. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, well, let me give you the menu today. We'll set it up on a Friday for everybody. So if they're just joining, everyone likes a little, a little table of specials. Of Our specials today on the menu, Bill Bender, Sporting News, 1233. We'll get his views on college football. You'll have some, you know, you'll have some games this weekend. Army's playing. Navy's playing. Uh, not playing each other, but they're playing. Yep. And uh, we'll do that as well in our first edition of College Football Picks at one thirty-three today. Prior to that, Eric Eager, uh, Pro Football Focus, will jump in. We'll get some nuggets from the NFL. And then we'll do a little uh, Tell the Truth in the third hour. J. Lou will jump on, get the Tribe and Reds back at it tonight as baseball starts to get into crunch time. So we got a lot to do there. Um, we will have an extended weekend unless something breaks in the Big Ten. I think you and I are going to be in the Alert 5 fighter. We're going to be ready to launch if that happens. Well, it's going to be the 24-hour Le Mans. We're going to run to our cars if we have to and do a show. But as it stands right now, nothing has come down. There is a – I don't know what, you, what plans you have for this weekend. I know it's kind of relaxation. We may have even tried to get together this weekend. I don't know. I mean, there was something tossed out there by me about uh, potential libations and a little meal perhaps this weekend. I don't know. I don't want yeah. to – you know, Maddie, you're a guy that, that flies by the seat of your vintage pants, so I'm not really sure if you're going to be available. We could play that by ear if you want. Absolutely. That's the plan. But, no, I mean, I, we need to get up there and just see the beautiful estate that is Little Turtle and how, you know, you live at the at the five-star level that you do both <laughs> during the show and on the golf course. I need to see it. it it's got to happen. Yeah. I'm gonna, speaking of that, I'm going to be running uh, <laughs> to the golf course. A couple dudes here. Uh, my boy Doc Tilson and Georgie G boy wolf and the wolf of Little Turtle George Wolf the wolf of Smoke Talk. Uh, we're going to be playing today, and they said, "Hey, we got a tea time at three o'clock." I can so make three. That. That's a little dicey. I go that you know I get off the air at like two fifty seven and change. That's a little dicey. So it's of all the remote stuff, this is where I think it finally came to a head for me. Me getting the golf bag out and putting it in the cart room and having it ready for a run 24-hour Le Mans-style start oh, today is probably the definition of remote broadcasting. I can't tell you it's how amazing. Je- I can't. I've been telling you this for a long time. I want to say it again. You've got the best setup. You've got the best quarantined setup out of all everybody here at the station. You've got a nice little, what, they put you in your own room now, so you're away from everyone else. You've got lunch available, a nice menu every day. But the cherry on top is what you just broke down. It's the love for golf, being able to see the course right there and as soon as we hit that out and we're done with twerking for the weekend you're hopping out there the only oh. question i have for you is are, are we not going to allow any type of stretching time today 
With like no stretching? Is that, is that the game plan? That's not that? a good recipe, is it? That's not <laughs> Rothman just putting on the fat wrap and running to the first tee. That's not a, that's not a good recipe. Uh, I'm going to have to work some in during the break here. Some hammies, a uh, little bit of stretching somehow. We'll have to work it out. I don't know. And we have Push a big bet well. this weekend. Huge bet this weekend. Yep. Um, on the golf course. So a couple of the great accomplished young golfers here at Little Turtle. Uh, the bag boys, really. I call them the M&M boys, Max and Mitchell. Uh, a Max Han and a Mitchell Soma. Uh, we were all having a little discussion in the, uh, in the pro shop the other day. And they both threw out, or maybe it was more Mitchell. I think Max is putting this all on Mitchell. And he says, hey, what do you guys think we could shoot in a two-man scramble out here? A two-man scramble. I, I've been in four-man scrambles where... We've been pretty good, and we've played from the, you know, the middle tees. And 10 under is probably you know, a decent, respectable score. You always try to get to double digits in a four-man. A two-man, I don't know. At best, maybe eight under at best. And I yeah. think that they're going to you know, – they'll steal one somewhere, and they'll struggle for par on another hole. If one dude hits a bad tee shot, all the pressure goes to the next guy. And Mitchell throws out, oh, are you kidding me? We'll shoot 58 out here. 58. 58. Now, I know we're par 71, 13 under. 13 under. I, I personally witnessed Jim Furyk come out here, a guy that has shot 58 on the PGA Tour himself mm-hmm. in a round on, a, on tour conditions. He came out here this in July, and I watched him shoot a 63 on his own ball. Wow. And wow. you guys think as a two scramble, you're going to go 58? We got that. So what's the bet? The bet is like anything on the menu here, big dinner, anything you want to order. And then it went to, because me and the assistant pro Ox took them on with this. So you guys shoot 58, we'll buy you whatever you want. If you don't, you buy us what, whatever we want here at the club at the turn. And then Mitchell throws out, I'll tell you what, you guys beat us just straight up in a two-man, you and, you and Ox, and we'll give you each a C-note. Hundred bucks a man each. Wow! Keep talking, kid. Keep talking. <laughs> right. Youth versus experience. Life lesson time. <laughs> Keep talking. Now, I'm not guaranteeing we're going to beat them, yeah. but I'm pretty safe on the no fifty eight. Yeah, the oh, no fifty eight. Like that. So that's going to happen late afternoon on Saturday. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's great. The tussle that's awesome. at the tussle at the turtle. <laughs> that's also at the turtle. Oh, I'm definitely going to need an update on that if and when we hop on the air on Monday. But when you when you throw out the phrase to someone, you can get anything you want on the menu. Is no. that one high one high priced item, or is that can I pile on all the high priced oh, no, items? Pi- what do you mean so, by that? So this is amazing. So chef walks in. Chef walks in as we're having this conversation. Like you couldn't have planned it any better. And they say, Chef, what's, what's the most expensive thing on the menu? Or Actually, they said, what's the most expensive thing you can make? And he said, well, those are two different things. The most expensive thing I can make is not what we have on the menu. He goes, you can order a filet. I can put crab on it. I can Oscar that thing oh, if you damn. want. And then, you know, the apps, any drinks. Got to have the apps. Dessert. Like, you're looking. I mean, you could really. No, no. It's, it's tip to finish, man. Whatever you want, you know. Can throw a dessert down and be throwing some party hats for the kids. Like I think that we we can process something pretty nicely over a several hour period if they want. So it's really See, unlimited. 
Now, when I'm told, when I, you know, when I'm told that I can pick anything that I want, in the back of my mind is not only am I trying to check off the boxes that you just threw out there, but also, can I get a to-go dinner? Can I get a to-go dinner? Is that out of bounds if I decide to do that, or is that within, you know, is that within the play, you know, ruling of play right there? Is that all right? Yeah, man, anything's in play here. That's that's, okay. that's the whole point of it. I'm I'm in, man. We're we're all in on this. I'll be ha- listen. If those guys go out here and shoot a fifty-eight. Those two two dudes, and you know, I just want to watch one dude like blow it ob off the tee and really have the pressure on the <laughs> other guy. Like this is amazing. Like this is these two dudes. I love, I love them. them. The M M&M and M boys, they're outstanding, and and it's great. I love these two kids, and they're really good golfers. Mitchell shot a sixty five on his own ball here. He has. He's also shot eighty five or more, and so the pressure these guys are going to face with a grizzled veteran like me, and then Ox. <laughs> Who's Ox is as calm and cool as they get. And, and here's the plan. The strategy is, and by the way, we're playing from the tips. Um, so I hope the course dries out a little bit. We had a little too much rain. We had a little car paths only situation the last two days where we're back on the course now. Turtle's not a long course. But from the backs, it's challenging, especially some of the par threes, the new ninth here. That'll play, you know, that might be hybrid for me. Who knows? But it's a two-man scramble. And the strategy is you get the ball off the tee, then let Ox swing away. Like, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll be the strategy all day is me getting off the tee and then watching, hopefully. Well, I said, I, I go, I hope you guys get to 18 with a chance for a birdie to shoot 58. I hope that happens. I want to be there to see it. Yeah. And I'll be there to buy you guys the victory meal, the festive meal. That'll happen. But <laughs> if, the two, if the two crafty, experienced veterans take down the young guns, mm-hmm. They'll never hear the end of it. You know how many carts they're going to have to wash to make a hundred bucks? <laughs> oh, I love this. And while while you were you know rolling out this story, which is incredible, I love hearing these breakdowns. We got a tweet from one Brandon yeah. Beam, uh, one third of the morning juice, which you can hear every morning right here from six to nine mm-hmm. on the fan saying. Sounds like Mitchell and Max went to the Beamer School of Trash Talk, and he's dead on. Because my guy oh, Beamer, cool the amount of confidence that he has, it's incredible. Beamer's confidence is through the roof, and that's why I love him. Mm. Yes, conf- confidence, cockiness, however you want to put it. Yes, Beamer's <laughs> right. And they definitely did graduate from his school. I don't know if they graduated from his twirl school and the hold the finish like you just hold it, even if you bombed it out of bounds school. It. I, I but it. it's been a fun little deal. Actually, the week of hype has been prob- is probably going to live up. It's going to be more than the actual event. The event will probably not live up to it. When we come back on Tuesday, I'll report what happened. Okay, okay. Um, but that's a Saturday afternoon, oh, man, that's and so awesome. here we go. And then uh, I guess I'm getting some texts now that they want me to just uh, throw on the wrap and go. No stretching. Well, that's not going to play. No, that can't, that's not fair. That, that's um, not fair. We got to get you out there. And they they need to oh, at my, least my back. My back brother Billy Nelson just put the back brace on and go. Yeah, that that's been the, the my downfall. No, All right, so here's, here's, the how, and the glutes. here's how we can game plan this. In the last hour of the show today, during every break, you need to be doing some type of stretching. Okay. Whether it's core, legs, mm-hmm. back, whatever you need glutes, to get hammies. loose. Each break, we need to get you going because I can't have my guy going out there with this disadvantage because you need to. Yeah. I need to go out there and stretch. I feel it yeah. in my back oh, AR when I get done playing golf now, yeah. all, the way that I'm playing. I feel it in my lower back. So, no, I think we need to, you know, allot you at right. least, you know, maybe five minutes before we okay. get out there. Like, and then during the breaks, we need to get the body yeah. warm. That's no. got to happen. All right. Thank you for indulging me, listeners, in that because it's a bet that's going to be a fun, you know, end of summer kind of situation at least from a from a betting standpoint 
All right, so we've got some things to talk about today. Yesterday, we'll get the, the Penn State doctor thing that we debated, and I remember having questions about the report, and one of them I said to you was, how would he know? Like, how would he have access to all of that material of yeah. Big Ten athletes? Like, how like didn't treat them all. Like, how would you have access to all of that? That was number one. Um, but sure enough, it was a big deal, and a lot of people ran with it. It was a Penn State athletic doctor. It did have – it was picked up by a lot. It's been now – Walked back big time. We'll get to that. Uh, the Dennis Dodd report from yesterday. And then we have another report from an actual AD at Iowa. And I thought Iowa was one of the schools that really was all in, right? Iowa was one of the three that you were counting on. Them, no Nebraska, doubt. and Ohio State as far as wanting to give it a shot. And so we have something with a name on it there from Iowa. And then I have no clue who this dude is, but a lot of people, this Sir Yacht, Yacht Rock Radio is that, where we're, is that where I'm getting my reports from? Yacht Rock Radio, I guess, which hey, is look, fantastic, but I don't think it's this dude. And no. he said that the big news is coming today that uh, October start. Here we go, Big Ten, and it's basically a done deal. Uh, I don't know who. I don't know how many things he's got right. I don't follow him. I don't think. I don't know how many things he's got wrong. I do know that in this world, that if you put something out there and you are right, that's great. You get full credit. If you're wrong, you change your screen name. Like, that's the world we live in. Delete, change screen name. That's the, is that the millennial thing, Matty, or just no, social media? The, I knew you were going there. Don't, don't put, put that, that evil on me. Don't put that millennial evil on me. Ricky Bobby, see, I got that one. But no, no, that is something to where we've seen it a lot, where these, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know how credible he is either. CB kind of said, eh, it's not something that that's great, but... He's been getting a lot of attention for these things, so we'll see what comes of it. I'm not going to dig in too much on that report. All right, so we don't want to go with Yacht Rock Radio is our is our big source. Okay, I'm out. I'm out All on right. Lil Yachty's reports. When when we come back, Dabo with a preemptive strike. Is he right about it? You and I will talk about it next. We're off and running on a Friday. Rothman and Ice on the fan. All Buckeyes. All Buckeyes. All the time. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. Your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. Movie references you may not get. Even if you saw the movie. This is Rothman and Ice. Welcome back aboard. Rothman and Ice. Penn State has clarified the comments from their top doctor. My goodness. Says no myocarditis among COVID-19 patients. You know what? You've never seen... Okay, one of the top... One of the great movies of all time, and it's really evergreen. It's it's usually a Thanksgiving holiday, but it's not on enough. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Enough. All right. See, here's the thing. Depression. Here's what we need to... That's all right. Here's what we need to clarify Just put it on the list. Is Don't that I could probably do the same thing mm. to you when it comes to TV shows? Probably. Because I'm that's not, where not. no, that's where my energy is. Like that's where I invest so and I don't know why, but AR I will restart or start a new show randomly on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is, and I'll just I don't do the movies and I don't under it's, it's not right. that I, I don't okay, understand, dude. but I've been that way forever where I'll just crank out TV series after TV series, but these OG movies, yeah. I don't know why I haven't checked those off yet. These OG Ananobi movies are something you need it. to put on your on your list. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. When Steve Martin and John Candy are driving on the wrong side of the road, and they're looking over there, and and the window opens, and um, and they start yelling, "I'm you're going the wrong way." And Steve Martin, how how would they know which way we're going? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Have another drink. How would you know which way we're going? Like that's how they 
That's how they inferred what had happened. Yeah. You're going the wrong way. Not you're going to the wrong place, but you're basically going the wrong direction. Finally, when they said, you're going to kill someone, it, it woke them up. Um, I think that's kind of what, what's happening here is we, we yeah. look at all of this and we really don't know which way is the right direction and the right way. And so when we debate these things, it's very difficult. You and I do a talk show. Like we have these things that come down, mm-hmm. we have to try to analyze to the best of our ability. This one, that's why I said, how would he know? Like that, that was my question to the doctor. Like how would he know? All of them? Have right. you tested all of them? You have access to all of that? Like, anyway, the one that really stood out to me yesterday, and this one is, I guess this one slants towards the surprising part because I thought they were going to be really optimistic, was the Iowa Athletic Director, Gary Barton. Now, he's not the president. He's the AD. And he said yesterday he's gaining optimism the Big Ten Conference can safely resume, but then drops the before the new year. And this was the, this was the big word that got everybody going is, he said there would be, quote, a miracle in order to start a football season next month. Quote, if a miracle was handed to us today and said, if you take this vaccine, you won't get COVID, yeah, I suppose you could come up with a scenario where you could play in October. I don't know between the miracle and where we are right now whether or not we could get that done. I'll wait and see what the medical group comes back with, and then it will ultimately be up to the college presidents to evaluate that. I'm a little surprised that he went in on the miracle talk. Mm-hmm. Because if you look around, and, and we've said this numerous times on the show, just because other leagues are doing it doesn't mean it's safe. It means they're willing to take the risk. And they're willing to try to do everything they can to mitigate and keep it out of the walls of their program. Will they be able to do it at the high school level, college level, pro level, all different challenges for every level? And the optics of all these teams playing, that's why I kept saying, let's wait. Wait and see. You could have delayed till the end of September. You can even you can even wait to make a decision by then if you want to. Yeah. Like you don't have to we don't have to knock heads right away. You could wait and see. Now, so that's out there now. And I know that that one at least there's a name attached to it, but he doesn't have a vote, but he does have a feel. I mean, he's an athletic director. He has an idea. Like, I almost would have expected that from a school that I thought was going to be a no vote, mm-hmm. not a school that would have been a yes vote. Like, yeah. that to me is the most surprising part about it. I'm, I'm with you, man. And when you, you mentioned that word miracle, you know, that definitely caught my attention. Like you said, it woke up a lot of people. And it's disturbing when you hear things like that, but it also adds to the confusion. And then when you look at the timeline of things and. You know, I think the big portion of the conversations we've been having now is, you know, how can we align this with the other conferences that seem to be off and running? Because I think it's very important that you get, you know, conference alignment as far as timelines go when it comes to the college football playoffs. So, yeah, when you see all these different nuggets being thrown out every single day, every single night when we get off the, sh- the show, it absolutely adds to confusion. And then when you mentioned the Penn State deal and we talked, to, we touched on it yesterday. That just has kind of the, all right, I'm throwing my hands up in the air vibe because it just, it, it just makes your mind such a mess when you have to deal with all of this and us, we have to talk through and everything, but I don't blame the college football fan or the Big Ten fan that's not trying to, you know, hold on to every single nugget, you know, for their lives or whatever every day because this stuff is crazy town. And I'm, I'm sitting here now and I'm saying, what do people really know? What are the real facts that people are going off of? Because we've got these 
these people like a, you know, the guy from Penn State that should know something like that. But he had to backtrack off of it. And that's people that we're relying on to get medical advice from. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's such a head scratcher where we are with this. And I think you had the president, you know, sit down with Kevin Warren or call Kevin Warren, whatever the case was. That was big. That was very big. But then coming off of that, we still have these comments from people that are directly involved. And like you said, one third of the trio that, you know, really wanted to go forth with the season or at least put it on pause and wait and see. So, yeah, uh, it's a head scratcher AR where we sit again, you know, this whole week. It's been the roller coaster ride, but I guess that's where we are. We all just got to buckle up and try to enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. They'll only be enjoying it if that ball is in the air. That's for yeah, sure. That's at why least I said in the big try. Time. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, I I, and try. I know that's why you're, you know, you have your mind focused on the NFL and, and that's great. And I agree with you that the fact that that's going to be coming down the way and you know that that's there waiting for you is big, but we know where it stands here in Columbus, Ohio. We don't have time to vet all these doctors. The doctors have to vet the doctors. I have no idea. Like mm-hmm. nobody does. And so you almost want to turn it all off. Until there's an, I mean, we can't. This is what we do for a living. We can't right. turn it off. We can't play. You know my biggest pet peeve. Oh, we'll wait and see. Time yeah. will tell. No, we don't work in or sows here. We work in. <laughs> we have to. We do topics, and you have to chime in on anything and everything. And it is like walking a tightrope. I've said that for months, and so that's why I kind of wade in slowly to some of these things, and I've been a big wait and see guy on it get the confidence level back up get the testing where you need it can all the big 10 programs get to the same place where you can go forward as a conference now i know people want ohio state to just go alone well they need a schedule they need teams to play like you're in a conference like i know that we're bigger than the conference i get that and they could survive that way but it's that wasn't going to be their first motivation to say you know what screw everybody we're playing we're good We believe in ourselves. We have the money. We can survive. Let's go. You need most of this conference to be on the same page with the safety and the protocols, and then they have to be committed to it. And so that's where we stand right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got a lot more to talk about um, when it comes to whether this season can happen. I'm, st- I'm still yet to see anything, and I know we'll get to dabble, and maybe we'll do it with Bill, Bill Bender next, and we'll even play the soundbite for him. I've never heard anything about moving the college football playoff. Like, I've Nothing. about delaying it past the time it's supposed to. I've never heard anything about moving it to February or waiting. I think what Dabo's doing is a preemptive strike. It's a, and, and he's not wrong to do it. If they get their season in by December and the Big Ten is playing then and they want to move back the playoff to February, I can understand why he wouldn't want his team to wait two months to play a Final Four. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. But I but I've heard no news of the committee even thinking or hinting that. Have you? No. Here's all I've got for you. Bill Hancock, you know the playoff chairman, mm-hmm. said earlier in the week that there has been no discussion about potential playoff games in the spring, and he mm-hmm. said he would not be in favor of awarding split championships. So this is the stuff that I've mm-hmm. been looking for, and I saw this comment today. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So that's one part of the equation. You know, with the questions we've been asking when it comes to the college football mm-hmm. playoff, doesn't clear up everything, but at least he's on the record uh, with saying right now there's been no discussion about potential playoff games. In the spring. All right. I'm with him on, you know, the split titles and all that, whatever. I can't even wrap my mind around no, what, we that, can't what do that. that looked like. We'll talk to uh, Bill Bender next. We'll play the Dabo bite. 
We'll see if he agrees with what Dabo has said and what he may be trying to do here. That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. The only workplace in America to participate in the doorknob fart game. And we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The fan, Ohio sports destination. They both like to go to raves with the Bosa brothers. Here's Rothman and Ice. All right, back at it. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes. And our friend from the Sporting News, the National College football writer, he is the one and only Bill Bender. Billy Square, good to have you, pal. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks so much. All right, good. Let's get right to it. Uh, We saw a tweet here about the president of Nebraska, Ted Carter, disputing the report of a Big Ten football vote today. Now, I don't don't think this is any huge news. I thought it was going to be Friday at the earliest anyway, and I thought that would be a very, very quick snapback. But why don't we get your general feeling right now, and you talk to a lot of people, your confidence level that the Big Ten will be playing football in October. Where would you put that? Uh, Low in October right now. I mean, if they're going to do it, they've got to do it soon. They've got to get the word out there. They've got to get all the teams on the field. They've got to get all the protocols set. Ideal. I mean, a perfect world, Anthony, they'd play on October 3rd. I'd, I'd go on October 3rd if you can go. And, but instead, I mean, I know that October date, 10 date's out there. I know Thanksgiving's out there. I know January's out there. If you're going to go, you have to go soon. Bill, I want to ask you, because AR and I would have a conversations about, you know, if Ohio State, if the Big Ten does get off and running here and we do get a season rolling, the amount of games that the college football playoff would need to see from a school like Ohio State or whoever from the Big Ten to put them in the conversation if they're running behind or let's say whatever, a couple games get canceled. Do you have a number, six, eight, ten? Like what number do you think these schools need to get to for them to be in the mix with those other conferences if they go off and get it done? Well, I mean, if you have to start in late October, I joked with your morning guys that it would take me about a half to put Ohio State in. (laughs) But, um, I mean, in reality, they would need to play, I think, around eight games. That way you get your entire division in, you get a couple crossover games in, maybe you get a conference championship game on top of it. I, I said over and over again I didn't see a loss on Ohio State's schedule, but the second you say that, that's when a Purdue or an Iowa game happens, and that can throw off the entire playoff race. Bill Bender with us from the Sporting News. Let me take you back a little bit to the challenges that they face still. And... The biggest hurdle in your mind is what? And I, I, I won't give you a ton of multiple choice, but I'll, I'll throw out a few. Is it the access to the testing that seems to be a, a big one, making sure you have all those machines and quick availability of results by the end of the month? Is it still the uncertainty of the virus in general that's their biggest hurdle to get past? Is it all the Big Ten schools being able to accomplish it the same way with the same exact level of health and safety? Those are a few. You can add some more. What do you think their biggest hurdle is right now to getting back on the field before Thanksgiving? I guess the rapid testing, too. The other thing I would do, whether they like it or not, just don't put fans in the stands. I I know that hurts, but I've seen this work for the NBA and the NHL and those bubbles where there's not fans in the stands. I think you decrease the risk, especially when you're dealing with the student body. Now, that might not be a popular take, but I think it's the best way to get fans on the field. And, I mean, just in general, I think the testing part, the schedule shouldn't take long. They already put it out there once. They can tweak a few things and get that done. And I think if you started on anywhere between October 3rd and October 17th, you'd have a chance to lean on the college football playoff committee to say, hey, 
here's the fourth team. And, uh, you know, I think that works out better than trying to take two teams from one conference or with all due respect to the American Athletic Conference, that the champion from that conference. Yeah, no doubt. What is your take on, you know, the early enrollee situation? Because there's been conversation about that, you know, last night coming into this morning and whether or not those guys should be allowed to play. What's your take on early enrollees coming in and maybe getting some playing time if we have a spring season? Well, I mean, that hits close here to Pickerington. I mean, Jack Sawyer opted out. He's one of the nation's best players. He's a quality kid. Decided not to play a senior year of high school to prepare for uh, Ohio State and enrolling early, and he could be an impact player right away. I, I, if they do play in the spring, I would say that's okay. If they start on Thanksgiving, I'd, I'd be a little leery on that. But I think it's an interesting wrinkle because one of the things that's going to happen if the Big Ten and Pac-12 doesn't play, the roster management for coaches like Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh and the guys out west, it's, it's going to be quite the headache. Bill, there was talk last night about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 trying to, you know, they've always been tied, you know, over history and tradition. Uh, Yet this year, everyone wants what they can get. But there was talk last night about them aligning. Now, there's been no real definition of what aligning means, whether or not it's aligning where you can still be a part of a playoff from a national perspective, or if it's aligning just so you can have this Rose Bowl, this big granddaddy of them all at the end of a season that may feel hollow anyway. What is, what is, your, what are you, what is your idea and your read off Warren and Scott talking? Well, nobody likes the tradition of the Rose Bowl and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten more than me. Uh, growing up in this part of the country, you almost have to. Um, but if that's your end game, it still feels a little shallow to me because I, I still think a Thanksgiving start, even if it's aligned with the Pac-12 and you're going to try to crown a winner or spring national champion, whatever you want to call it, it's still going to feel like the consolation prize to the college football playoff, no matter how you look at it. And that's why I would say if you're going to push for something, you should push for an October start. And um, that's really the end game. I mean, I get it. Yeah, we'll have a Rose Bowl, but okay, Ohio State and Oregon playing a Rose Bowl in a game that they were supposed to play in September. That's how you're going to feel about it. Yeah, no doubt. Bill Bender joining us here from the Sporting News covering college football and just kind of expanding here outside the Big Ten. I think something I've been noticing here and you guys have too is just these guys from the SEC and other conferences that may be looking at the situation that may not be clear and saying, I'm going to bail out, whether that's, you know, coronavirus stuff or draft stuff, whatever the case is. We've seen big names from down there, the conferences that are supposed to be playing bail out uh, relatively late in the process here. Bill, do you expect any more of that down there or around the conferences that are going to play? Honestly, that makes me more antsy than anything because it says that if a guy like Jamar Chase, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, really the best receiver in the country, he's not going to play. Jamie Newman, who was a transfer and kind of pegged to take Georgia back to the playoffs, and he's not going to play. Those are big names, like you said. And I wonder if they know something we don't in terms of, you know, whether it's within their program or the SEC. And I. We saw that in the Big Ten before they canceled when guys like Parsons and Bateman and Rondale Moore opted out, and I was a little leery then. I still think they're going to play. I mean, I watched a game last night. I was desperate for football, so I watched UAB a little bit. But um, it is something to to monitor for sure, especially if the numbers, which if you read the news, unfortunately, it looks like some of those cases are spiking up again. Bill Bender with us from the Sporting News. Before we let you go, uh, we're going to let you wax on, wax off about Cobra Kai. I saw you tweeting about it. You know I'm a product of this era. Uh, love the Karate Kid. 
and Cobra Kai, that scratches the itch, apparently. It's that good. Yeah, you got to watch it. I mean, I'm into season two now. I think it's for those of us that I think one of the conflicts, if you're a middle aged man and a has been like I am, is uh, you see Johnny Lawrence, and he was this guy that we all vilified in the 80s, and all of a sudden you're kind of like, hey, I want to root for him now. And uh, that, that definitely happens. It's really well written, it gives you plenty of fan service, and um, it's funny. At the end of the day, I needed a funny show. I don't watch a lot of TV guys, and this one definitely hit the spot. Get him a body bag, Billy. Get him a body <laughs> bag. You know, listen, it's funny because Lawrence was he was also in uh back to school, right? Like he was he he played yeah. the same character. But at the end of Karate Kid, I mean the sweep the leg, that was almost like even Johnny Lawrence had like a line he didn't want to like even uh, he apologized after he put the elbow into his knee, but even after that, like he handed him the trophy, like Lawrence came full circle at the end of that. I'm just telling you, Anthony, if you start watching it, you'll be in season two within 48 hours. Yeah, I, I, I can almost guarantee it. So check it out and uh, let me know what you think, or, or you can just, next time I come on, you guys can tell me that my TV tastes are just wretched and, and go back to the 80s. <laughs> All right. It may have been the first movie that uh, my brother and I ever taped off HBO and some on a VCR. That may have been it. I can't remember, but um, it, it was that good. All right, Billy. We'll keep you on speed dial, man. Hope you have a, a good, quiet, relaxing holiday weekend. Yeah, you guys have a great Labor Day weekend, too. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks. Bill. Bill Bender from the Sporting News on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. You know, all you have to do is, is, is go on the line and search Big Ten, and you'll come up with, oh, there's going to be a vote Friday, and here we go. And then the others are like, wait a minute. Even though the Penn State doctor was wrong, there's another doctor that says that, that maybe it can be right down the line. Like, it doesn't have to be 30 to 35% right now. And then that doctor was backpedaling. And, and I love the end of the, of the doctor from Penn State. Sorry for any confusion. You think? I mean, you might want to hold off and double-check your work before you throw it out there on the line. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. But the, the latest tweet that we have, and this came in from KLIN Radio Sports Director um, covering Nebraska, Caleb Henry, speaking at a panel discussion this morning, University of Nebraska President Ted Carter disputes the reports of a Big Ten football vote today um, by pointing to, I don't know who this is, um, the chancellor, I guess, Ronnie Green, sitting in the same room. Quote, just know there's no Council of Presidents and Chancellors meetings today. And and that wouldn't shock me because it would be a quick snapback. You're going into a holiday weekend, unless they wanted to just dump some bad news, but Believe me, that's the you don't get away with the Friday news dump on this. No, like you no, don't no, get away no. with it even into a holiday because it'll be it'll be crazy come Tuesday. Well, I don't All want right. to put it past the conference or the way they handled some yeah. of this stuff. Ar that they Might dump slip the news it in. and try to run. Yeah, I won't put it past them. Do a little slip in on a Friday. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. You'll hear that Dabo Sweeney bite next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. One guy is fat, the other is fatter, and both are kind of stupid. Pretty much sums up the whole show. Uh-huh. Common Man and Tebow. Oh. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. If you're tired of hearing about Maddie's high school baseball prowess, just wait five seconds until Anthony tells stories about his amateur tennis days. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back in. Beautiful September day. I know it would be a lot more beautiful for people if they were celebrating an Ohio State victory from last night, but... Man. Let's uh, my goodness. Let's hold to what we can hold on to. Let's yeah, no doubt. Let's appreciate what 
maybe the future will hold. Uh, I did get an email from Greg Schneider here. Thanks for recommending The Way Back. It never would have hit my radar without your review. My wife and I really enjoyed it last night. My wife thought it was going to be just about basketball. I was able to convince her because of the way you described the film. Oh, man. That could be your new calling. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um, No, that's amazing. That's great. Um, I'm glad they enjoyed it. Uh, no, I, I have that on the list. The list is going to get taken care of. But that's that's one of the newer movies. I, I got to get to this right. stuff from the 80s first. I watched an old movie last night. I didn't even know how old it was until I looked, and I couldn't believe it was nine years old, and somehow I missed it. Did you see the change-up Never with even Bateman and Reynolds? Never even heard of it. It's not a sports movie. That's it's, just a, it's just a funny movie, period. Like, it's funny. Like, they're both... Both of them are, are in, on my list of favorites. Really? Yeah. No, I've never like, even heard you bring this up. I, I not, Maddie, it, I'd escaped me. I had not okay. seen it. Yeah. That's heavy stuff. Are you putting it in Bate- that category because well, you're the movie guy? Movie. Eh, I'm not going to oversell it. Bateman and Ryan Reynolds for an hour and a half, pretty funny. That's all I'll say. But anyway, I, like I looked it up. Bateman. I thought it was like in the last couple of years. It was 2011. <laughs> Like, how is that possible? Time is flying by. Time uh, does fly by. It's yes. absolutely crazy. Isn't it no, weird? But- it's almost like the calendar is moving, but time is standing still. But now we know that, that time is not our friend when it comes to a college football playoff. Not at all. And I, and I keep, I don't know, the committee doesn't have to say anything just yet, but it would be nice to know. And maybe the Big Ten, and I don't know if the Big Ten, that that's be the one thing you'd ask a president of a university. Like, how much do you care whether your school, I mean, you know, it's health and safety above all, and they'll always spout that and i'm not saying that's bad but like i don't know if they if they realize if there there's urgency attached to when they go i think there's this weird feeling like well if we play in the spring or play next year at least we'll be playing well maybe not maybe that doesn't have the same yeah maybe you make some money and put them on tv but you know you'll have great players opting out and, and Dabo sweeney who has the number one team in the country in the preseason yeah they're ready to roll their conference is going and he he Somehow, and I don't know where he was getting this information, that the potentially the college football playoff would wait on the Big Ten or Pac-12. Like if they started later, that they could move the CFP back from its original spot in January. And maybe he's just getting ahead of that. Here's Dabo. No, no, we're 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 ready. We're ready to roll. And uh, you know that would be something I wouldn't be in favor for. I'm all in favor of them playing. Uh, love for them to, to play. That'd be great, and I think the testing is is a is a great opportunity for everyone, uh, for sure. But it'd be it'd be kind of hard to start in November and 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 then get in there, uh, uh, you know. But we wouldn't want to push the season into February and all that stuff. That's we, you know we, we're going to uh, push forward. Some changes, it changes, but you know that's where we are right now. I don't have a problem with what he said. I don't. I, I'm not. He he said enough things right there that I, I can't get on them for that. If they're starting their season, they're able to go. That'll only give the Big Ten more of a reason to say, we got to go. Like, And it's probably just a few more weeks at best. And I think yeah. they're going to decide before then. I don't think they're going to let September come and go without making a decision. I really don't. And, and, and I was on record with you saying that my gut tells me that if the Big Ten doesn't play, I'm actually viewing that as an upset now. I, I think they will play before Thanksgiving. But it's all based on how they feel about the confidence level going forward and the challenges that I talked to Bender about. But 
I don't have a problem with Dabo said. I mean, if they finish their season and have an ACC title in, in early December and somebody says to them, hey, we're going to move the college football playoff back to February because, like, how could you, do, you can have a two-month break? Yeah, I got no beef with what he said either, you know, because I view it through the lens of, you know, if this was flipped, this whole situation, and we had Ohio State ready to roll, this team that's been training and practicing, and we knew, you know, the team that they had, like we've been touching on, um, when these if these comments came from Coach Day, I, I'd support those as well, because I understand that. These guys don't want to wait on other conferences for a week, a couple weeks, or a month, or whatever the timeline is going to be, when their team is in game shape, and they're rolling. Like, that's what this is about. I think from the competitive standpoint, that's where Dabo's mind probably goes to, and saying, well, wait a minute, my guys mm-hmm. are going be ready we've been playing all season and now we got to put a pause on the season to maybe halt some momentum that we're going to have no i'm not doing that and then on the opposite side when he's talking about these two conferences i'm sure he's got one team in mind that he probably doesn't want to see and that's the buckeyes he's confident in his team i'm sure but he knows what happened last year he knows the team that's being brought back here in columbus so obviously if you can eliminate any any schools that have the potential to take you off of that the top Mm -hmm. of the mountaintop where clemson has been you don't want them be a part of it he'll never admit that but that's where my mind went and I don't blame him if his mind went there was saying okay if we can eliminate Ohio State from this equation no we don't want to wait on them I get it yeah he's not scared but he knows that it's a a big it's a big threat absolutely I mean they'd never admit nor the nor should they they've had Ohio State's number that's not anything from a cocky standpoint it's more from a yeah I mean if we had to line up against Ohio State they wouldn't be scared but they certainly would like to see them sit this one out and I and I really hope and that's where I you know the only thing that's been real that I've really believed over the last day or two is that Warren is talking to Scott I don't know what they're doing how they feel like they can go forward but what 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 makes me a little bit afraid is that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 might be aligning to pacify their fan bases with what they deem as their biggest jewel which is the Rose Bowl and the unfortunate part about it is that's always been part and parcel to a playoff. Now, the Rose Bowl is part of the playoff this year. So I don't know if they're going to play two Rose Bowls. Right. Like, if they feel like, can you imagine that? Like, fast forward your mind to Ohio State playing Oregon in a Rose Bowl opposite a, a real playoff yeah. where you're running them parallel. No and, way. and yeah, okay. Yeah, It'll yeah. be like a plus one. All right, we got to take a break. Yeah. We'll get more into that when we come back. And the NFL news of the day a legend is cut. Will there be a home for him? That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Feel unappreciated? Things not working out the way you imagined? Bad news. Sometimes life sucks. Good news. We don't. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Sports talk. Well done. Just like Matty enjoys his steak. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. That is us. Second hour of the program. Glad you're with us. Rothman and Ice here on the fan. CB, the gum grafter. At the controls, as usual, we'll uh, lay out whatever this weekend holds in college football at 133. We'll talk a little NFL, take a break from, let's take off the record going round and round about the Big Ten, and maybe we'll all just get to unplug for a few days. I know there's urgency, and I get it, and I get people want to know. And I know there's part of people that believe in, in each school, which is, well, if they keep delaying, 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 it just makes it easier to not do it. I'm in the camp of kind of if, if this kind of just keeps going down the river a little bit over the weekend, I'm not going to think that that's a death blow. I'm really not. I never thought it would be. I didn't think they'd snap their fingers and bounce back. But 
Let's see if we can get a little confidence over the weekend. Yeah, that's where it's at. That, that's where it's at. Here's what I, I tell you where I got a little encouraged yesterday based off of some of the quotes I saw coming out from Pac-12 commissioner um, Larry Scott, AR, because he dropped the term that the new rapid testing that's going to be available to them a little later on is, quote, a game changer. And obviously we know, you know, they were, you know, half of – you know, the couple that was the Big Ten and the Pac-12 deciding not to go forth with this season, at least for right now. So to hear that he's got a new way of thinking, at least right now, should be encouraging news. Um, because, you know, there was a lot that went involved with their decision not to do it. There's so much that goes into this state-by-state, state, conference-by-conference. But AR, that term that he used was a game-changer is big time. And he said that they didn't think that this stuff would be available to them mm-hmm. and yeah. it had to change their way of thinking. And that's why when we talked about over the last couple of days, the, the call that happened between the president and Kevin Warren, I was so curious as to what came out of that. And also how much are they mm-hmm. investing in the new stuff that's going to be available to sure. them? Because I think it absolutely matters. And if they can get to like Larry Scott is touching on daily testing, that's a huge win. That absolutely is a huge win, yeah. and that stuff is coming eventually. So if we do get to this October date or Thanksgiving, whatever it is, when we get to that point and we've got football being played, hopefully these guys can get tested every day, and that's such a big, big thing that's come out of the new information. So I, I was encouraged to hear him drop the quote, Game Changer AR. Yeah, that is a big deal. And Heather Dinich said on ESPN, if you can get those machines on campus – Yep. The Pac-12, and, and believe me, I thought the Pac-12 was ready to just kind of sit this one out, like at least until next year. The, the Big Ten seems so much more motivated, and I understand we have different challenges, different states, different regions do, but I, I really, hearing the Pac-12 would have those machines on campus by the end of the month might give, and that may be why Warren and, and Scott are talking, like if they can align that, and I agree with you. It was For me, it was always about... Keeping it out of your program as much as possible. Keeping those walls up for the virus. All right, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny how we, you and I talked about Adrian Peterson yesterday yeah. and how we probably thought he'd get, you know, 125, 150 touches this year. Uh, I didn't think he wouldn't be a 1,000-yard back on that team. Probably get in the end zone a couple times. He had over 200 yards or 200 carries, last 200 touches last year. Yeah. And and I thought, okay, somehow he's defying logic, defying age, and then they cut him. And they've, they've got guys. I mean, they've got Gibson, who they drafted, what, 66th, Love, Barbara McKissick. Like, you understand that Father Time was going to maybe not get him, but from a competition standpoint, it did. Yep. And, you know, Peterson is an amazing story. I don't look at him as an unbelievable talent right now compared to what else you'd have on the roster he's just a great story like did you and i see this coming i probably not because we talked about it yesterday how we thought he might be their lead back yeah um who's gonna want him right now like what would make sense that's it's the not, fascinating it's part not of tampa this. anymore no, I can't. I can't see that happening. Look, we, I don't want to just keep piling on all type of unnecessary talent. Mm-hmm. I think that would be unnecessary to bring Adrian Peterson in. Huge name, I get it. Um, but no, I, I can't see that happening. And you mentioned one of the names that's really intriguing mm-hmm. to me out there for the Washington Football Team. Ar is Bryce Love. I know he's coming mm-hmm. back from an injury. 
That's something you can't ignore, but you read some of the comments from Ron Rivera about his progress, and that's some things that that could be encouraging if you're a fan of you know the Washington football team because you remember watching him at Stanford. The dude was lights out, and he was battling injuries then. So that that, that is going to be something to keep your eye on. You mentioned Gibson, the, the guy from Clemson. He's getting a lot of love yep. as well. But if you're Adrian Peterson, you're a veteran guy, obviously, like you mentioned. You don't have that much gas left in the tank. You've got more than a lot of people thought he had left, including me. I didn't think he would get to this point in his career and play this well, or pretty well at least. Um, but why why not go out to Kansas City if you're Adrian Peterson? You We know Clyde Edwards mm-hmm. is going to be the dude, but the other names are going to roll out there. Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams, you know Elijah McGuire. Okay, those are just dudes to me. But if you could get Adrian Peterson, who would be motivated, obviously, for playing, contending for a championship, and then you could slot him into maybe the number two back there, let the young guy in Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Alaire go out there and ball, which we all think, or I think he's going to do. I think that would be pretty good, and I think from both parties, if they can make the money work, I think it makes some sense because you got the veteran guy that can bring along the young guy, teach him some things on and off the field, mm-hmm. and then he can still give you a little thump there when you need it. That's not a bad deal. I think from his from his standpoint, I think it would be a great thing, but he still wants to be a part of a football team, and I think if he could pick between trying to hop on a Super Bowl train or being a big part of a team, I think he'd choose the latter. I'm not sure about that. The Patriots, I don't know what to expect out of their running game now. I mean, Cam Newton now is going to be the guy there for them, and so how dynamic is their offense? I, they don't have a ton of weapons. Yeah. They need an early down guy. They've been very inconsistent in that area, and so I think he could be help them. And then you mentioned, I can't remember who we were talking. Oh, we were talking about Fournette, maybe, and you said the Bears, I think. Yeah. Was it Fournette you were talking about with the yeah, Bears? Yeah, no doubt, yeah. Yeah, and the injury to David Montgomery and how, however long he's going to be out. You know, bringing Adrian back into the division and oh, maybe playing against the Vikes, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it's not, I, think it'd be not, I think it'd be a great story. I think it'd be intriguing to play yeah. the Vikes twice. And, and so there may, that may be a team to look for uh, that would that he be motivated to join because he's a he's just a tough runner. But I don't. I just like, that I doesn't work just, for me if I'm AP. You know, if I'm Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. that is the timeline just doesn't add up. Like I'm yeah. just trying to ring chase at this point. You know, you see, know how I mean? you really think that's it, that's it for him? Oh, I think saying, it's that more would... about I think it's more about yards and legacy almost than ring. Well, that that I think that to me has to be a part of the equation. But if I'm Adrian Peterson, I want a Super Bowl attached to my name. That obviously he's going mm-hmm. to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best to ever do it. But Super Bowl champion Adrian Peterson sounds better than just Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. when you take the podium. So that's where I would be. My mentality would be, okay, I've done enough. I've proven to everyone in the football world. These people know how much of a beast I am uh, on a weekly basis. Why not? I think he's deserved this. I think you deserve when you're a guy like Adrian Peterson and you've gone the last two years and played for an organization that's been a complete mess and a team that hasn't gone out and won a ton. Why not attach yourself to someone that's going to go out there and get it done at a high clip? And then also, you don't have to wear your body down that much. I know he's physically gifted. I mm-hmm. get all of that. He's in tremendous shape still to this day. But why do we need to add more mileage to our bodies if we don't have to? You can use my body later in the season to really add on to what we're doing. So that's just what I would do. If I was him, I would be looking around the landscape of the NFL Mm -hmm. right now saying, okay, who is the closest or the teams in the mix um, to really contend for a Super Bowl? And if they're interested in me, let's do it. 
He's done everything else, so you're right about that. I'm not saying that wouldn't be a big deal and a motivator for him to try to play for a championship. Like that would be big if he could, if he could get a carry in a Super Bowl or whatever, be a part of a Super Bowl team or whatever contribution he could make. There's something about though him being top five right now and being able to pass Barry Sanders that I think has to be on his mind too. Like I don't think it's just the ring chase where he'd go somewhere and be a part of a team. I think he sees that in his sights if he can get if he can squeeze another thousand yards out of his career and pass Barry Sanders. I think that would mean something to him. Now, he's not going to get to Frank Gore, and Gore's still playing. Like, he's chasing a guy that's still playing. It doesn't his even make was, any sense. AR, his son was on TV playing college football last night, Frank Gore Jr. Mm. You know how old that made me feel? Like, Frank, I remember watching Frank Gore, obviously, in college, yeah. and now I was watching his son last Dude, night. It was wild. It, it let me break, it. It only gets worse <laughs> when you start seeing the sons oh, of these guys that you wow. loved as a, as a kid or loved as an adult oh, even, man. and their kids are playing. But I do think... I can't sit here and tell you whether I think getting passing Barry Sanders is more important than a ring. I wouldn't think so. He's been he's been a legend. He is a legend. And I think if it's you something put, though, if, if, no, that's what I'm saying. But if you put it in front of him, if you did a little tell the truth with Adrian Peterson, like if he joined the show at two twenty for tell the truth, and I said to him, AD, ring or passing Sanders? Oh man, I, what does he say? He I, says he says ring for PR. But I, I don't know what the percentage is. Is, is it 60-40? Is it 70-30? Is it 90-10? I, I, oh, I think it's close. No, there's look, that to what you're bringing up, it holds a lot of weight. It does, absolutely. When you have that next to your name along with all the other awards and stuff that he's checked off, if you could pass that guy, it matters. But we do know what a Super Bowl can lead to, you know, Post-career, all that stuff. This guy's going to have so many opportunities to do so many different things. I just know it's always cool when you hear your Super Bowl-winning running back or Hall of Fame and Super Bowl-winning running back, Adrian Peterson. But if you're on that all-time list and you're up there passing Barry Sanders and stuff, that absolutely matters, too. I I just think AR... He's got something to bring to the table. He does. And I, I don't know if I would love him being my every down running back. I, I think I'm past that point. Maybe Washington, obviously Washington didn't believe that because they're rolling with the young guys. But I think if you slot these guys, this guy into a second role now, that's something to where you, if you're a contender, I think you should seriously uh, think about. I didn't think they cut him. I didn't think they cut him. I, I, it's, it's not that. I don't know much of, I don't know whether what Bryce Love is coming back from the injury, right? We didn't yep. see anything last season at all. Right. But I obviously you want to air young if you can. And Bryce and Love yep. and Bryce Love has a heck of a better chance of coming back to haunt Washington than Adrian Peterson does. No doubt. No and doubt. so I get that. And you know that's my my tiebreaker usually. All right, we'll come back and Eric Eager will join the program for Pro Football Focus. We'll see if he is a landing spot for Mr. Peterson. It is Rothman and Ice on the fan. The first and the best. Your home for all things Buckeyes, Jackets, and former linebackers making inappropriate innuendo. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Dog advice? Check. Gambling advice? Check. Eating broccoli for every meal? Check. Yeah, I know you're hungry. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. Always good to talk with Pro Football Focus. Brainiac Eric Eager, he's on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Eric, welcome in. Hey guys, how you doing? We're doing okay. How surprised were you about the Adrian Peterson cut? And do you think there's a home for him? And what did you guys have him projected at this year? 
Uh, I was surprised. I mean, last season he was a, a healthy scratch in week one when uh, Darius Geis was the starting running back for Washington. So, you know, in a perfect world, he doesn't seem part of their plans. But, you know, since Geis is gone and, and you know, their, you know, their running back room doesn't have a ton of pedigree outside of uh, Antonio Gibson, it was surprising. I, I don't know where he'll go at this point. I, I feel like it, it, it's, you know, just sort of amounts to his, you know, uh, value system. If he wants to win a ring, he's going to have to go somewhere and not get a whole lot of touches. If he wants to get a lot of touches, he might have to go somewhere like Jacksonville and play for you know a three win team. Yeah, no doubt. Eric Eager joining us here from Pro Football Focus. I want to stick with Washington and get your take on Dwayne Haskins because a lot of stuff that I've been hearing and reading, Eric, is that you know there's opinions all over the place about what people believe he can be coming into year two of his NFL career. Uh, what do you think about what Dwayne Haskins can bring to the table this year for their squad? I'm positive on him. You know, last season, you know, he obviously struggled early on, but I think, you know, it, you know, anybody with any information on that Washington team knew that, uh, you know, Gruden was not a big fan of him. Um, you know, the moment the Colt McCoy was healthy, they played him over Haskins and Keenum. Uh, you know, so you know, once once he got out of town and, and and you know Haskins got some you know consistent playing time, he actually was one of the more hot, you know, the higher graded players at the position in the league. So, you know, projecting into this year, I think you could have a, a more functional coaching staff. And Scott Turner has been, you know, you know, Scott Turner has, you know, is a pretty good, you know, projected play caller, I think. Um, and when you look at, you know, going into this season with Terry McLaurin and some weapons there, I think that they can be pretty good. Eric Eager with us from Pro Football Focus. Uh, the, the biggest if of 2020 is it Cam Newton? Is he the biggest if out there, like as far as ceiling goes for, for comeback players? I, I think 100%. I mean, New England's one of those teams that usually is the team with the, the narrowest set of outcomes, right? You, you know, they haven't done much different than winning 11 games to 13 games over the past you know, 10 years. Uh, but I think this current, this current group, that the outcome space is extremely wide. You have, you know, Ohio, you know, you guys as your quarterback, Ohio State, Justin Fields, you have him available as probably the first or second best quarterback in the draft. You also have, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you have Trey Lance of North Dakota State, uh, you know, Brock Purdy possibly of Iowa State. You have tons of good quarterbacks available in the draft. And, and yet, you know, they're going to go with Cam Newton, I think, as a, as a, a hat tip to the idea that this division isn't particularly good, that they're still, favored tied with with buffalo if you look at something like FanDuel uh to win that division so i I think that they're going to go into the year trying to win the division if it's tough on them because you know frankly after losing muhammad sanu they don't have a a ton of depth in the way of wide receiver play or if cam gets hurt i I think that they might tank so it's a very wide distribution for the new england patriots they are the the what if team i think Eric, I'm really interested to see what this Seattle offense looks like this season. Had some news about Josh Gordon come down yesterday. You can give your take on that. But just the whole kind of let Russ cook kind of hashtag has been trending all this offseason a little bit there. Do you think that looking at Seattle that they should open it up a little bit more, especially with some of the weapons now that they have on the outside? Yeah, I mean, I love Jamal Adams as a player, um, but I think Seattle throwing the ball 10% more on early downs will be worth any more than any player that they could add other than their quarterback, Russell Wilson. So to me, I I wonder though, now that they have some more talent on defense, they don't have a pass rusher, even with Clowney out there. Um, But in a secondary, they're one of the more talented secondaries in the league. Do they see that and say, okay, we can be a little bit more aggressive offensively because if we are, 
and let's say we fail, our defense will back us up the way that it used to with the Legion of Boom. If that's the case, Seattle might be a favorite in the NFC West. You look at San Francisco, their wide receiver core is extremely thin because of the injuries to Samuel and Ayuk uh, and Jalen Hurd. Um, you know, you know, you look at you know, the Rams, I don't think are going to be particularly strong this year. And I think we're a year early on Arizona as a contender in the AFC, in the NFC West and the NFC specifically. So I think it's Seattle's division to lose, frankly. Eric Eager with us, Pro Football Focus. Who benefits the most in this Browns offense with Stefanski calling the shots? Oh, that, that's a great one. Um, I think it's Odell. Uh, you know, the, if you watch, you know, the, the Vikings offense a season ago, um, you know, you had Thielen, you had Diggs. I think Thielen is more of a projection onto Jarvis Landry um, than anything sort of a, more of an inside-outside player. Uh, you know, and Thielen didn't ha- as had nearly the success. Stefanski's last three games of 2018 as the offensive coordinator as well as last year. Diggs was really the receiver, um, you know, that made a lot of money in Minnesota. And I, and I think that that's going to be, uh, you know, the case. I think Odell tracks more to Diggs um, it, than, than Jarvis does. On offense, I you know I think Chubb and Hunter are going to be are going to split more time, uh, and I, so so I don't think any one of them individually is going to reap the benefits of it as much. Um, but the other one to look at, and I know you guys you know know this, but Austin Hooper's apparently had a great camp, uh, and you know young quarterbacks love tight ends. Eric, your belief heading down to Cincinnati now, your belief that AJ Green can get back to the AJ Green that we know because I think there's a lot of pieces there, man, that can you know make Joe Burrow succeed in his rookie year. But your belief that you know number eighteen can get back um, to playing at a high clip? Uh, I don't know if you can, um, but I think if you're a, a Bengals fan, I think you you can take comfort in the fact that he probably doesn't have to. Um, when I look at Joe Burrow and and who who I think he's going to throw the football to. I think it's going to be Tyler Boyd. Um, when I, you know, when I watched that LSU offense, I saw a down the field player in Justin Jefferson playing out of the slot and making defenses, you know, extremely frustrated. And Boyd's one of those players where, you know, he's not only he's a slot player, he, he certainly prefers that part of the field, but he's also a down the field player. And I think that meshes perfectly, you know, with the fact that the Bengals don't really have a, a superstar tight end. Um, you know, and they have some weapons on the outside that can sort of take coverage away, uh, you know, in Green and Ross and Higgins. And I, you know, so I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Boyd. And I think the Bengals are going to be pretty good on offense this year. All right, Eric, we'll play a little, uh, quick little word association with you before we let you go on quarterbacks and kind of give me a better, the same or worse as far as this season compared to last year. And we'll start with Josh Allen. Better, the same or worse? Worse. What about uh, Daniel Jones? Ah, uh, worse. Hmm. Philip Rivers. Better. All right. Those were those are my big three. Matty, you got you want to throw no, one Eric, more can at him? Give me thirty seconds on your <laughs> Daniel Jones take because that's a bit a hot name too. You know that people think he can bounce back. What are you not liking from what you've uh, been seeing so far on film? I think for, I think perspective of Daniel Jones is higher than maybe the reality. He fumbled a lot of you know he had a lot of touchdown passes, but they were all they all came in like three games. Um, if if I you know and, and you guys you know you're Ohio State Buckeye you know uh, Dwayne Haskins. If I'm if I'm looking to bet on a quarterback moving forward in that division, a young quarterback, I'm going to go with Haskins over Jones. And I and I think one of the best bets a person can make. Uh, you know, this season is that the uh, Washington football team will win more games uh, than the uh, New York Giants. 
Okay. I like it. All right. Good stuff, Great. Man. I like that. Really good stuff. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. Great insight, man. Good opinions. Have a great holiday weekend, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Thank yeah, you, man. good conversation. Eric Eager, as we get closer to the NFL season, he was on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Maddie, when we come back, we'll lay out whatever this week looks like <laughs> in college football picks. And there are a couple. Yeah. We'll do that next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Insightful, respected, drunk. One of those things properly describes Bishop and Laurinaitis. Listen and decide for yourself. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. College Football Picks with Rockman and Ice. Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. All right, Maddie, We're here. I we guess, if you want to call it that. <laughs> wow. One o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Huntington, WV. It's Marshall taking on Eastern Kentucky. I know you'll be locked on that one. I don't have a number on this because it's off the board for some reason. So let's just call it straight up. Um, this is one of those games where... Marshall should probably be able to move the ball. Uh, I know Eastern Kentucky, from what I've read, is a pretty good defensive front, but the herd is going to just try to go for the KO with Brandon Knox and the and their backs and ball control that thing. Probably get a score somewhere in the 30s for them. I'll go 35-20 Marshall. Oh wow, we're dropping scores too. That's incredible. <laughs> I got I got to go with Marshall as well. I will never forget Byron Leftwich getting carried down that field. I've always been, I like Byron Leftwich. I like him now. He's OCN down there at Tampa. I'm rooting for him, so I'm rooting for his herd too. Give me Marshall as well in that game. All right, we move along. One thirty tomorrow at West Point. Army taking on Middle Tennessee. Looks like Army's a three and a half point favorite. It's hard to pick against them. It's hard to pick against them. They're always disciplined. You know, Army, Navy, mm-hmm. they are going to be a disciplined squad. You got a lot to deal with. Look, Middle Tennessee State's returning. You know, Conference USA's uh, one of their players of the year offensively, and their quarterback, Asher O'Hare, from some of the yep. stuff I've been reading well, on I love them, that are, name, Asher O'Hare. Yeah, right strong. out of Rudy almost. So that's good that they're bringing their quarterback back, but looking at some of the stuff they did last year, AR, their offense wasn't very good. And going up against a squad like this and Army, me, oh. uh, I don't know. So uh, mm, I'm, I'm going to lean Army in this right now. Yeah. I don't feel great about it. You should, but though. I think I'm going to lay those points. Right? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That they, they, they will control the clock. They're going to eat that ball. They're going to hold that thing forever. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be one of those things where Middle Tennessee, a team that, by the way, wasn't in the top 100. I'm looking at the tail of the tape right now. They're not in the top 100 in the nation in time of possession, and they're going up against the team that's going to hold it forever. Uh, give me Army by 10 in this one, 30 to 20. Mm-hmm. Like it. All right, we move on, and we go to Arkansas. This is Saturday night in Memphis, Arkansas State against the Tigers. Ooh, okay. Look, Memphis has been a Let me see if we can get you a line on this yeah, game please, real fast. Please drop that. Ooh, we Memphis about- by 19. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a ton. Oh, man. They, I, I think Arkansas State, from what I've read, has a little offense that might be able to score. It might be able to cover that 19. Uh, it's just their defense, I guess. Is it, It's not supposed to be good, Arkansas State. They, their defense I agree. It's coming back, I guess. They're not going to be good. It's a huge <laughs> number. You know, we don't love – oh, man, laying that number is big. AR. I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to lay the 19 there. Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'll roll with Memphis, yeah. Yeah, their it should be really high-scoring. High and uh, – the Tigers are going to try to make a statement here, I think, in this game. They're going to score a lot of points. 
and it's one of those games that might be exciting to watch from a fan standpoint because there should be a lot of points on a Saturday night. And their defense, Memphis, it's got to be a little bit better. They've changed defensive coordinators. And I, I think Arkansas State's going to have enough to maybe put a scare into them. And that's why I guess I'll take the – I'm going to take the 19. I think that's enough at kickoff with a team that I think can move the ball that might be able to hang in there. It might be right on the number. I mean, we might get something like – but I'll say something like 37 to 20. I like uh, Memphis, but I'll take the 19. Now we go to the highlight game on Monday night on the holiday, and this is going to be BYU against Navy mm. in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. I'll let you kick I've this got one BYU off. Off. minus one and a half. Yeah, this is mm. Ooh, Navy's going to do what Army does. They're going to control the clock. I got no to doubt. see that great check the bucket list. Army Navy in Philadelphia last year is one of the greatest sporting events I've ever been to in my life, yeah. and I know that they don't have their same dude that I watched last year, which was amazing. Malcolm Perry had to say goodbye to him. What an athlete. What a leader that I got to see in person last year. But, man, it's this is one of those games that I think could be pretty close. And I think Navy's going to be pretty good, though, in this game, even though they lost their, their big leader, as I mentioned. BYU, they always hold their, loan in the, uh, hold their own in the trenches. That's a veteran team. Give me mm. Navy right around the number by three. I'll say 27-24 Navy. You laid it out well. You really didn't. I think, AR, we're getting Herbie on the call. I think these are the, the big boys calling this game 8 o'clock on ESPN. I could double-check that, but I think that is happening. No, you, you laid it out really well. But I, I'm going to take these points. I, I believe mm. in Navy. I'm going to take that point and a half. You, when it comes to Navy, they can always, I'm sorry, lay it. Yes, I, when it comes to them. It don't care if you're BYU, Ohio State, Clemson. You know it's going to be such a grind going against them. It can get really sticky. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lay that point out. All right, my bad. You're taking Navy? Yes, that's what I said. Okay, my bad. You're going to take the point in half. Yep. Sorry about that. Yep, okay, oh, you're, you're on the right side. Uh, that should be that close of a game. All right, those are the college picks. Exciting, you want to do man. one more? Yeah, throw it in out. There. Oh, actually, you know what? That's it. That's it. That was it's it. It's a wrap? Well, okay. there's one in there on Saturday night that I didn't put in there. Because I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin gets UTEP. I think I'll check out of that one. I uh, think I'll be maybe the Arkansas State Memphis game. That's a carryover game anyway into nine o'clock. And yeah, yeah. Listen, Maddie. Let's be honest. You're going to be watching whatever hoops is on. You're not going to be that tight into college football. Well, see, I'll say this: where some of these games are slotted yeah, during Nuggets the day Clippers tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow night. Well, it was a blowout last night. Is that going to be a repeat of what yeah, I saw I last night? The Nuggets might be out of gas after their series. But look, we got a 1 o'clock kickoff tomorrow, one thirty yeah. kickoff tomorrow. That'll be phenomenal. I'll tap into those. And I don't really know what the NBA's schedule time-wise is looking like tomorrow. Saturday, but, it's yeah. Raptors Celts at 6.30 and Nuggets Clips at 9. Oh, so I'll be bouncing back, back and forth between this. I'll tell you what, this SMU game, I do want to hone in on that um, because of their quarterback, uh, Shane Buchel, right? I think mm-hmm. that's the guy to look out for, transfer from Texas and you know they're in the AAC so if well, they roll out last Texas State <laughs> if they right? yeah, yeah they are no. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, should, they should yeah. right especially with the quarterback of his caliber but you know that's a team to keep your eye on eye out on you know the highest ranked AAC team goes to the New Year's six if we get there but yeah he's a quarterback that you know creates a little bit of a buzz so no I, I will definitely be doing that tomorrow man I, absolutely trying to watch some hoops and bounce back and forth to football because like, I got to be consistent I didn't care what we got in return what sports we got back but especially football I'm locking in all of this stuff like I'm even watching some of these high school games that are bouncing around on TV as well but 
but yeah, this is kind of what we've been hitting on a lot when it comes to the Big Ten is that the fact that we are just had a college football pick segment <laughs> around yeah. the country. Hard to believe. It, it is hard to believe, man, but I, I'm going to soak it all in, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, next week, I think it'll really hit home for Buckeye fan. I don't think this week it does. First of all, the, the their season is still hanging in the balance. Unless we get something within the next couple of hours, I think that – and I, I could be wrong, but I thought it was remote anyway that we were going to get a revote this week, especially going into a holiday weekend. Just didn't expect that. Now, come Tuesday, the clock is ticking, and the clock really starts to tick if, if it doesn't happen over the weekend, which I doubt it would on a holiday weekend. But I think next week, my point is, when you see – North Carolina suit up, when you see Notre Dame suit up, when you see mm. Oklahoma suit up, mm-hmm. when you see Clemson suit up, when you yep. see Texas suit up, that's going to be when it really hits home. And it's really not even about who they're playing because we know there aren't very good matchups Correct, next yeah. week. It's just those unis, those teams are starting their season. And I think then it hits home. Then, cause, and that's what I mean by the clock. For me, I guess the clock really doesn't start ticking till. Uh, those games kick, and then it feels like when the power three go off, then you're at a then you start counting the time, like yeah, and that. and that's when that mid October pseudo line in the sand becomes real. And I know we're we're far from that, but you got to get it going. You're gonna probably need three to four weeks to feel good about this. And I do feel like the Big Ten, when they make their decision, will have to be in the next. Two weeks. It's, let's see. It's Friday. It's September fourth. Uh, see, I, I don't. I think I, they got to. I think they got to make it probably by next Friday would be fine, and that would give them that month that they're looking for to get ready for October tenth. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my, you know. Yeah. No. I no. I get that. And I've been invisible saying, line. Yeah. No. No. I like it. I've been saying that when we get within the week of those schools that you mentioned playing. That is going to add to the emotion that's already pretty high because especially when you talk about Clemson and Oklahoma, the teams that you're going to be kind of competing with to get into the, those four slots for the college football playoff, it's not over. It's not completely dead. But, yeah, when you wake up, when we talk next Friday or next Thursday or whatever, we really start to get into some of these bigger teams. Um, it's not going to feel great. And I, I don't blame, you know, Big Ten fans, especially Ohio State fans for being really upset. What I'm also, also interested in is what's going to be the level of engagement for these games for Buckeye fans next weekend. I think it's going to be pretty high, but I'm sure there's some salty fans out there. I know I'm going to be watching, but I can't blame the Buckeye fan or the Big Ten fan that said, I'm not watching this stuff right now for what? What do I need to see it for? We ain't playing. Yeah, that's kind of where I've been. It's, it's going to be one of those. But until it's officially over, I, I there's there's hope. I think there's more hope now that they want to get after it if they can before Thanksgiving. I think that, to me, was the no man's land. And if they're going to give it a shot, then you got to do it in the next two weeks. you got to give them three to four weeks to get ready. You start your season, as I mentioned, in mid-October. You're only going to be a, a couple to three. You'll only be a couple games back from the SEC, so you're fine. Mm-hmm. And who knows how when when I, now your schedule will be condensed. Your flexibility won't be there. But as mm-hmm. I keep saying, these this season was never going to be equal, so to speak. It just of didn't not. seem right. like I didn't. I was never even buying into. Well, they play ten. You got to play ten. I, no, there'll be it's enough all, data for all, it, right. and someone's going to be. 
if we're getting to the point where you and I are debating which team is left out of the playoff, like if they're all back, like that's fine. That'll be a great conversation to have. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I think we got another week before panic really starts to set in. They got to get a decision by the end of next week. Like, I don't think it should take that long. They, like, they, we were two days out from, you know, the call for between, you know, the White House and Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren, to me, has had plenty of time now to talk to the medical people. Like, we got to get this thing going, man. I, I think anything beyond the it's end the of president. next week would be, would be a bad look again on top of bad looks that they've already had. So, yeah, I think by the end of the next week, we got to have this thing done. Yeah, I didn't expect a snapback because I thought it would be just on the heels of the president calling Warren, and I don't think they wanted to board that train. Like I, I thought it was a little too early for that. It would almost look like an instant snapback. The president calls, and now you're playing. Like I, that to me was the one thing that maybe they'd want to stiff arm a little bit um, from a political standpoint. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I, the bottom line is, I think they have another week before they really have to do something. If we're if we're sitting here at this time next Friday, and you and I are still talking about what ifs, then <laughs> that then you're you, you feel like. That it's going the wrong direction. But I think the longer it goes, the more information they can gather, it makes their their plan in place a little easier to roll out rather than president calls, here's our plan, we're going. Like that seemed a little too quick for me. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, maybe we'll find out something in the next couple hours. But it doesn't seem like with everything I've seen on Twitter today and, and some real reports about how no one's confirming any kind of reconvening today. But today was supposed to be at the earliest anyway, so I'm not, you know, I don't think it's anything to go crazy about if it didn't happen today. All right, we'll come back. We'll do a Buckeye Bulletin, Maddie. And Chris Holtman was on Morning Juice today. A couple players he's really looking forward to coaching again. You'll hear that next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Buckeyes, Jackets, Crew, and Panama Dead yelling about something being too hot. I don't understand it either. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present... Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the heat? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train systems, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, Maddie, Buckeye Bolton time. Chris Holtman on Morning Juice today with the boys from 6 to 9, Beamer, Schlegs, and Carp. And he sounded very excited about, you know, the chance of playing, certainly sooner rather than later coaching the guys and making a run at whatever tournament they can have this year and I know basketball is on the back burner for most we got to get through the football or clear the football hurdle first but he did talk about what they're doing right now working through still a challenging time and what we're doing with our guys as you can imagine they got tested right away and and uh, had to be quarantined for a little bit those that went home uh, between summer school and, and, and fall semester. Um, so that broke some things up. But, we're, you know, our, they're going with Quadra and Banks, our strength coach, uh, four days a week right now. And uh, we've started some basketball workouts, uh, one coach, one or two players, smaller groups. Uh, we'll begin to get in some team stuff here, Brandon, before long. And, and you know, we're, we're still being guided a little bit on what the calendar is going to look like. Normally, we would have our calendar set. It'd be pretty regimented, okay? We're doing this this week, this mm-hmm. this week. We know when the start of practice is. We know when the start of competition is. It's a wait-and-see approach right now, which is which has uh, made things a little more fluid. All right, so there's the challenges of that. Let's jump to number 3CB, and this is going to be about the Buckeyes and how much talent left during the offseason, including the Wessons. Uh, you had those transfers of Gaffney and Carton and Luther Muhammad 
And fortunately, he was able to bring in some transfers that we know will help this team. And then the guy, certainly, that he has still in the stable. Really excited. Uh, you know, I think everybody is, right? You know, we, we joke about that as, as coaches. Everybody, you know, we all think we're going undefeated in the preseason. And then, you know, it's, it's Ty, Tyson's comment, you know, um, about getting hit. Uh, I, I think, listen, I think we have a chance to, to really be different and have a chance to be uh, much more versatile. Um, you're right. We lost some really good players. We knew Caleb was was he dipped his toes in in the waters of the draft last year. So we knew that was that was a potential. Uh, certainly, we we'd love to have him. But we also knew that when he um, transitioned out of the program, that we were going to look a lot differently because so much of what we did was centered around our big kid Caleb. So uh, and Andre was terrific for us. He got better every year and had a fantastic year. That's exciting to know about you know Porter and Towns and certainly what he has left, Maddie, with with Dwayne and C.J. Walker. You have a pretty good perimeter group. Yeah, uh, where they stack up in the Big Ten right now, though, is you know with the stuff you're looking at in the Big Ten, it's going to be very challenging to try to yeah. get in that upper four to five teams in this mm-hmm. conference. No doubt, especially with what Iowa's returning, it's going to yeah. be tough. But, yeah, you look at the Buckeyes, man, and a lot of the focus for me is going to be on that guard play and what that looks like. Because you mentioned that backcourt. We saw C.J. Walker you know, play fairly well. We saw Dwayne Washington have his moments you know, as well. But if those two guys can piece it together and be consistent, I think you got something to start with because I think down low, you know, Kyle Young, you know what that is. You want that guy the lineup every day to check off all those boxes that you know other guys may not want to do the type of jobs that he does on the floor so you love having him out there but the young fella EJ Liddell that's the guy I'm really excited about AR because he flashed last year and had some good moments as well and there's a lot of people that think very highly of him and from what we saw last year you can understand why people have that uh, mental outlook for him that is today's Buckeye Bulletin uh, I think we have a third round match of the US Open with JJ Wolf uh Yes, the Buckeye and you know top one. He's I think he's ranked 138th in the world, taking on I think the fifth ranked player in the world, Daniil Medvedev. Dude's got and some. Dude's got some amazing hair too. You seen this? He's got a beautiful 80s mullet working. It's, it's really strong. yeah, it's strong to quite strong, and I do believe that. Um, I had that exact hairstyle back in back in the time when I could you pull have it, it off. Now. You may have it's it ama- now. Yeah, yeah, the party in the back, definitely. That's for sure. Uh, we're not sure how oh, casual man. business we are in the front. Hey, real quick. A business Coach, casual in the front. Was Coach dropping the yeah. Mike Tyson line? Is that what he was looking for? The everybody has a plan until, until they, they get, get punched in the mouth? Okay. Yeah, punched in the mouth, right. Okay, yeah. that's how yeah. I like that. He's it's true. on it, man. He's on it. It's true. He says he says. He's as relatable as they come, Coach Holtman. Like oh, I, man, I, man. he's really got a he's got kind of a buttoned up old school kind of look in a way, like like how you know scrubbed and shampooed. But he is he is very relatable to the young athlete, and you can see how much he's a player's that. coach. I think there's a toughness inside. I think he has an edge to him, which we've seen. I think he's got a Love very it. coolness mm-hmm. about him. He's not afraid to bite back. During the old Maryland rivalry situation, oh, which I loved, loved but he did, but he does it in a great way. Yeah, and and so there's no question in anyone's mind he was the right guy for the job. They went back, uh, they sharpened their pencil to get him, 
and so far so good oh, the, on the, the kids that want to come and play for for Chris Holtman. The Holtman, oh. it was a great hire. It was a great hire. Glad that they decided to do that. You remember the whole McDermott conversation and all that. Seems like they got it right. Let's just keep it rolling and have even more success that we've had already. Well, it took a lot. I mean, everybody understood it took a lot to prime away from Butler. That was a that's a great situation for him and his family. And but uh, when you talk about the chance to coach Ohio State and the money that came along with it. Come on Became down. one of those. you got to take that leap, and so far, so good. All right, we'll come back. We'll do a Sports Center update. Come back into the third hour. Rothman and Ice on the fans. Destination. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive. All right, welcome back. Third hour of the program. It's Rothman and Ice. CB, the gum grafter. Popping stitches on a Friday. Dude's probably just going to get out there and not worry about it. Popping bottles, popping stitches, whatever you want, whatever you need to do. It's amazing. Testing, one, two, hello. (laughs) And so here's the deal. We were prepared for a Big Ten vote as early as today. Nobody said it was going to be today. Uh, Dave Biddle and Bucknuts reported that as early as today. So this is not not a panic time that it didn't come out today. I didn't. If it does, it does. But, I mean, we're already at 2.04 and we haven't seen anything. I can't imagine going into a hol- long holiday weekend that they're going to... And by the way, we live in a world where if all of them were on the line somewhere, I think it would leak. I think there's just there's enough. There's too many parties involved for it not to leak. I think if they were meeting or had a serious meeting scheduled or reconvening, rather, for a a vote, I don't know. And maybe that'll happen next week. We talked about earlier today that uh, I'm not taking my uh, information from Yacht Rock Radio or Sir Yacht, whoever that is. And maybe he's been right in the past and he's gotten credit for it. But if you throw enough stuff at the wall on a yes or no question, you're going to get some yeses. You might get some no's. I, I don't know. And that's why it's a little bit scary to really jump into social media right now because the agendas on both sides are very, very formidable and is very political. And it's become that type of world. And I know it means a lot to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. The one story that really, I guess if you want to put this in the category of not good for a quick restart, it comes from the Iowa athletic director. Now, he's not the president, but the reason I say it is because Iowa I had as a yes like, I was a yes vote from what we've learned. And so when I hear the line from Iowa AD Gary Barta saying, quote, if a miracle was handed to us today, if you take this vaccine, you won't get COVID. Yeah, I suppose you could come up with a scenario where you could play in October. That sounds really negative towards a restart that quickly. And, and what I mean by that is something that would make sense where Big Ten fans could think they'd be part of a playoff, Maddie. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. To me, could they be thinking about trying to kick off a ball before Thanksgiving? Yeah. But for most of us that know what it means here in Columbus, Ohio, you can't run parallel to a CFP. And I, I get a little bit of gut also believing the report that Kevin Warren and Larry Scott of the Pac-12 spoke yesterday about aligning their conferences... And if they do believe that they're going to pacify Big Ten and Pac-12 fans by throwing out this potential Big Ten Pac-12 Rose Bowl that would culminate in some sort of a pseudo 
title of some kind, uh, then uh, I think that will not pass by. That gem, that Rose Bowl gem, has always been a part and parcel to what the playoff is. The Rose Bowl is part of the playoff this year, so that would mean to me if you aligned, you'd be playing two Rose Bowls, a plus one at the granddaddy of them all, and the plus one, you'd rather go stag. You don't even yeah, want to, like, I'm that's, with you. You know what I mean? I'm with you. I don't want an honorable mention type season. Like I don't want that vibe around a season with the Big Ten. It's just it's a it would be a waste of time. It'd be a waste of time to, in my opinion, start a season in January, do a spring season, all of that. To me, I'm out on. Like of course, when we get to that point, if the games are on, I'm going to watch Big Ten football and the Buckeyes play. Of course, but I don't want to have a season be played and it equates to nothing. That, that, that's not why you do this. That's not why all the players and coaches and everybody over there involved invest that much time and have gone through all this already to play a season uh, that would look that way. And I'm mm-hmm. completely out on that idea that you touched on between Larry Scott and, and Kevin Warren. Like that just doesn't sit right with me at, at all. So no, they, in my opinion, they got to figure out a way to get this vote clarified by the end of next week. Uh, that, to me, is where I want to put this thing because I think that's plenty of time. I think you've already had a couple days to talk to people. You're going to have the entire weekend to do the same thing and go sift through the information that you have on the medical side of things. And then I'm willing to give you at least another four days to figure it out there. So I, I don't think that this should take that long to, to, to iron out or to at least get this vote going because Larry Scott, you mentioned him there. Like when I hear him drop the term, game changer about the new rapid testing that's going to be available to them and he's using that term because he was basing that off of daily testing not three times a week you know not twice a week whatever but he's saying that would be a game changer for uh, for us to have testing available for our kids every single Mm -hmm. day that's good news that's really good news but on the flip side of that you could hear you know what you started off the segment with with that information from iowa and scratch your head as well so it's the tennis it's the tennis game we've been playing back and forth for months now when it comes to college football but mainly here within the last couple weeks but i do believe man that it is very encouraging that that stuff's going to be available to them and when you hear the commissioner of that Mm -hmm. conference say okay we had to reroute our thinking when it comes to this um yeah that can get you going just a little bit I understand why the Pac-12 would want to align. I get it. I mean, they don't have a they, they have a threat in Oregon, but they don't have like the biggest threat that Ohio State has. No. And so, with, with Larry Scott, with the Pac-12's priority of aligning their season, it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be that the Big Ten agrees with that. Um, he can believe that it would be quote awesome to have a traditional postseason opportunity, and maybe they think that is the best the world can offer this year. I mean, that's maybe that's what they feel like that that's beyond what they thought they'd even do, so why wouldn't you just be excited about it? Well, it's like you said, what's worth risking is the reward. And I've uh, the risk versus reward in that case, in a late start to a season, some sort of a Rose Bowl beyond the regular traditional time, which would mean moving it back, when the other trophy, the big one, has already been handed out, is incredibly hollow when you have a contender like you do in Ohio State. And I know we speak in our neck of the woods, and we mm-hmm. and I get that. We're speaking from a, a standpoint of not just being excited to play. There'd be other schools and other kids that might think, like, I put in enough work, I want to suit up, I want to play. If I have a chance to play in the Rose Bowl, I'll do it. doesn't matter whether it's January, February, March, whatever. Maybe there are some kids that would do that. I come back to 
this might still be about the Big Ten having enough schools on the same page, dedicated, committed, the testing, the safety, the willing to risk it. Each university in the Big Ten has a different agenda. Each president might have a different feel on it. I don't think that they were going to. I told you this earlier today. Was it encouraging that the President of the United States called up Kevin Warren, fielded the call, both agreed it was productive as far as health and safety and testing goes? Sure, I can buy into that. But I didn't think it was he calls, they play. Like, I, 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 never, I, I couldn't no. get behind that. There, was, there could be something to go on there that would clear a huge hurdle for the conference. If the, if the rapid testing and the unlimited part of that would get them through a season where they could protect and feel confident that the virus won't infiltrate the walls of their programs. There's no reason to believe that with 100% accuracy that you can bubble college kids psychologically, but what you can do at a school like Ohio State is say, you're a national title contender. Act like one. Sacrifice. You already do it to prepare for a season. Every one of those kids, every one of those guys that plays for Ohio State, the elite of the elite, you already sacrifice on a daily basis with how much you dedicate to your craft of football. Mm-hmm. Don't throw it away mm-hmm. by going to a party. Yeah, no, and and, that's, and, it's and a I great know point. it's tough. I know it's tough for college kids. Of course. I, and and by the way, their mindset is they're invulnerable anyway. Well, if I get it, I get it. No, no, no. It's not about if you're going to get sick. It's going to be if you test positive. And there's his, a di- and there's a difference. I like it. I know I like that. And the other part of that, which I think is that I, I want to bring up here, because I think what you touched on is absolutely and should be the message within programs that are contending. But you know that how we're talking about different agendas for different universities, even different players within the same programs have different agendas because the Justin Fields, Chris Olave, the captains of the team that are down there that have a lot to play for. There might be a freshman that's sitting at the back of the team meeting that's saying, "Okay, well, that's fine. Everything that you guys are saying, that's cool, but it doesn't affect me. And that's where your mind can go down a road of, well, this thing could go left still, because if that freshman decides to go down, you know, to high street and have a good time or go to this house party and run people off the pong table, that could affect everything but if we get to the point to where this daily testing is coming that to me can solve a lot of this it doesn't it doesn't solve the hey when they leave our building you know the risk is still out there no question but i think every single day that being available is such a huge deal man i honestly believe it It doesn't eliminate obviously myocarditis and the other stuff that they're worried about but I just think that changes a lot. I think that moves the situation forward more so than it has been over the last month or two. It has to be that way. But it but it also doesn't mean that's going to change the mind. It doesn't mean it's going to change the minds of these presidents, you know? Because they could be afraid of the one case. That one time something goes goes bad, they have to live with that and I think the fear of something like that happening has halted a lot of these presidents' decisions to go forward with the season. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a uh, there's a certain side that will always. I said this yesterday. If these presidents want to find a reason not to play, they have them. They have them. They have enough. They have enough uncertainty and whatever guess the long term ramifications could have. They they have that, and they could they could stand by it. And they don't need specifics to say that I'm not comfortable with going to play. 
And the presidents that feel like, hey, there's plenty of protection here. We feel very safe. We feel like we're going to be taking care of our student-athletes better than anyone could take care of them, better than they can take care of themselves. And they could get behind that, just like I think Christina Johnson did, the Ohio State president. No doubt. And, like I she, think- she, and she has, she's on that side. Yeah. It doesn't mean that she doesn't care about safety. Right. It just means she's confident in what they'd have in place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's... And by the way, that confidence could only become bigger and stronger... It could become less. That's the world we live in. Like I, I've been saying, I said it to Carp, and you were on the show, and you know it. You let me know when someone's climbing the ladder to the bell tower and ringing it saying, all safe. It's all safe. It's, it's not happening. It's not happening for not a long happening. time. So you either have to decide to walk the tightrope and be committed to it like you're committed to anything else in your program. Like it's got to be the top priority which I believe they are. Look at all the voluntary shutdowns we've had. I mean, Maryland just shut down their voluntary workouts. Yeah. I guess they, they, they were a little bit of a house of cards there. Okay, you shut down. Michigan State had to do it. Ohio State had to do it for a little bit. What, seven, eight days or whatever it was. That's the world we're living in. So you either take a leap of faith and feel confident in what you have in place, and I think the Big Ten and Kevin Warren are going to want to make sure that every school or the amount of schools they need are committed to that same exact thing. And do they have the materials necessary and the dedication? Mm-hmm. And that will be that vote you're talking about or that, that deliberation again, which probably will happen next week and could go into the following. And yeah. then that pseudo drop date of October 10th, which becomes the one that we have created as sports fans, that if you jump in by then, you'd be eligible. I don't even know if that's a fact. It just yeah. sounds right. No, it, it does sound right. It, it makes a lot of sense. It's a fluid situation, man. All of this is very fluid. There's just, to me, you know, when you have all these different people hearing from different medical experts and all of that, um, that adds to the complication. We, we just have to hope that, you know, their confidence will, will lie in, in the fact that things have changed and things can be available to them at, at a quicker rate than they have been uh, over the last couple months here. That's it. Let me give you the uh, what we said earlier about our, our boy uh, Yacht Rock Radio here, Sir Yacht. Starting to really like this this Twitter page. Um, this is what he tweeted two hours ago. Yeah. Big presidents are continue to meet this morning and discussing who is in and who is out for October 10th start. Scheduling COVID testing measures also on the board today. Source also says this is a very busy day in Big Ten history, and they are not taking the decision lightly. As I reported, the big will be back today, and barring any setbacks, the announcement should come over the next few hours. That's, that's, that's the time you and I went on the air to now. And if Sir Yacht is right, ahoy polloi, we are, well, we are with you. He's going to step right out of a scotch ad right into our show. But since, so he go get him, tweet, big guy. since he dropped the tweet, haven't we got new news out of Nebraska about the vote? Like, since the tweet? Yes, that's that if they're meeting, it's news to us. Right. I don't know, man. <laughs> and they, so and they've been the one of the leaders. Oh, they, that's, the, that's the only scary part for me today. Is you got an Iowa AD. Wait a minute. He was on the play side. Now he's calling it a miracle if they play in October. <sighs> yeah, and then I Nebraska. Know. Wait, we're meeting? We were the ones that, were, that, that got all of this, the ball rolling, and now they're not telling us? So something is disconnected. All right, People, Maddie. Yep, go ahead. 
We got to take a break, man. You know, see, we want to do all three-hour radio, but they tell us they got a commercial so they can pay us our salaries, so we got to do that. We'll come back with truth after this. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Mornings have never sounded better. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel host Morning Juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, pop a stitch, baby. All right, let's do it. (laughs) So we made it to September, meaning that Halloween fans get really excited and starting <laughs> decorating. But to you, is it acceptable to put up ho- Halloween decorations before October? No, no, it's never. That is brutal. First of all, it's sunny and warm out. It's not Halloween. Halloween is dark and rainy. That's what that's about. It's about cruising the streets in the dark. No more daylight savings. Like it's and usually it's rainy. Leaves are falling. No, I don't want to see any pumpkins or anything like that when it's warm and sunny out. That's October all the way, and it's probably a week out of of, of Halloween itself. Of course, it's acceptable. I love it. I love Wait, all what? the holidays. You can do whatever you want. Halloween in September? Enough with the unwritten rules in life. I'm tired of these. Whether it's oh. in baseball, whether it's these type of topics, do what you want. Right now, Ar, kid you not, I'm looking right to my left at my mini Christmas tree that has been up all year round since we made the turn. I love Christmas that much. I can get a little bite of Christmas every time I look mm. over there. If you want to kick off your Halloween stuff right now, hey. Go ahead and do it. You can do what you want. Enough with the unwritten rules. I'm done with them. In French terms, that's garbage. And that, my boy, is a damn truth. All right. So the Saints have just under $7 million available in cap space, but they're Mm. said to be an all-in on Jadavion Clowney. Do you think there's any possible way that they can land him? It's possible. It's going to be tough. They're going to need to restructure other dudes, which they've done. They do that pretty well. Convert these guarantees to signing bonuses and... Uh, move it to over years. Clowney, could you get him on a one-year deal, Matty, with some voidable years? Of course. Pay him what he wants, $14, 15000000 million a year. Worry about the cap later. The capologist wouldn't like that. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> Wilford Brimley, the great late Wilford Brimley in the movie The Firm. Yeah. I get paid to be suspicious when there's nothing to be suspicious about. The cap guys, I get paid to worry about the cap when people say there's nothing to worry about with the cap. And I, yeah. I think that they could do it. And I think they'd be willing to do it because they're in a summer breeze window right now with Drew. And I could see it doing it on a one-year if they could really get creative. Uh, yeah, of course it's possible that they can do it. But i got to be honest. I'm kind of getting annoyed with Jadavion Clowney here. I, I don't know mm-hmm. where all this is coming from, why we think we are this all-world defensive end. He's a solid player. Do not get me wrong. I would take him on my team. But I can't believe we're this far down the road with he and his agent and them not signing a deal. It's the money, obviously. And he signed a one-year deal for $50 million with Seattle. But, I mean, this guy hasn't been that impressive, AR, from what he was supposed to be leaving South Carolina. So, yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed the with the Titans wanting. Yeah. What's that? The Titans want him. Vrabel it, said he's got an offer out to him. And look, so the Saints are going to have to outbid them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those are contending teams. So you want him a part of your team. I just don't understand where this kind of big-headedness came from, from Jadavion mm-hmm. Clowney, because he hasn't led the league in sacks or won a defensive player of the mm-hmm. year or do anything like that throughout his career. So I'm kind of confused yeah. on that part. Just remember, it's not a lie. If you believe it. All right, one more here. So in a normal year, Labor Day weekend is known to be a very good vacation weekend. So what are some fun things and traditions you have done in the past for this long weekend? I got two two, two things for you here. Eat 
and sleep. Like, that to me... <laughs> Is a win. Like when, when you can just relax, shut the blinds, maybe get the all, the blackout blinds going, shut the phone off, load up on groceries, get a whole bunch of stuff to binge, movies, whatever you want to do. If you can just fall off the map for an entire weekend and just yeah. eat and sleep, maybe you shower, maybe you don't. Like that to me is a great way to enjoy a weekend. Going out of town's phenomenal. I get all that. But if you can shut her down for two to three days straight, that's the type of party I like to attend they are. Uh, Labor Day tradition. Listen, this is about the American worker, right? I mean, this is created a tribute to the American worker, and all we want to do is sleep and of eat course. and play golf. Uh, it's like Rocky said in the original, which or Rocky Two, actually. You know, I got nothing against hot, honest manual labor, but you know, I like to earn a living behind a desk like you. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's a sleep in, potentially play golf. It's always nice weather. And just kind of sit back mm-hmm. and enjoy the fruits of your labor, yes. hopefully. Hopefully you're not just a silver spoon and just accepting another day. <laughs> but, yes, we view that as a Labor Day to pay tribute to the American worker. Maybe not you and I, but the other ones <laughs> that are earning an honest living. And we'll have a good thought for that. This is the, this is the, this has pizza sweats written all over it this type of weekend. This pizza is what shorts, you live for. Maybe. Oh, man. Maybe the pizza shorts. Okay. Yeah, it is Dude, my CBJ pizza shorts, they're bad news right now. They may, be, they may be as bad as the sweats. Really? And here's the problem. I wear them every day after work, and so they never hit the washing machine. <laughs> unless I go, Because when I take the laundry down, I'd have to rip those shorts off and then right. walk around the house naked. Of course. And what's wrong I'm with not that? that it's your house. Yeah, but that's, that's for my dad. That's for dudes that are, you know, a little older. I mean, at one point, we'll all get there, probably. The nude, the nude dude. Oh, man. Don't all sell us, nude all the time. Don't sell us millennials short. You know, CB, some of his, you know, friends. CB a his, nude you know. nude in the well, house? He's got, you know, he's got a lot of, you know, companions, and I've chatted <laughs> up with some of them, and, uh, you know, he, hey, he, you know, to each his own, man. I'm not knocking anybody that wants to walk around the house. CB, you know. quickly, you a nude nude guy? <laughs> Depends on the weekend. Oh, Freaking on the weekend. All right. Nice. We'll come back with J. Lou. Chin music next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. All the dumb things we say are on demand when you want them. Just utilize the computer chip we've implanted into your brain. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Proud the plate at your own risk. It's time for some chin music with former big leaguer and president of the Baldi's Beautiful Fan Club, Jensen Lewis. Never thought that would put me in as good of a mood as it does. <laughs> Jaylu really knows how to pick them, baby, from That's year to vibe. year. That's a vibe right there. It is a vibe. It's a vibe. Jensen Lewis with us, former Tribe Hurler, Indians Live Analyst with us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fangest Hotline, although he's on the bullpen phone, I would hope. What's up, Jaylu? Gentlemen, great to be with you. Uh, the uh, pizza shorts discussion. Mm. Uh, I'm I, I'm with CB. I mean, I I'm not afraid to walk around in my birthday suit at home. I can tell you that. There you go. I gotta tell you, man. Uh, my dad did it for a while. Um, I thought it was old school. I didn't think it would infiltrate this generation, <laughs> but maybe maybe it will. I I don't. Good know. things are passed down. Absolutely. I, apparently so. <laughs> and they're they're. Uh, I won't even say it. Uh, <laughs> certain things are passed down, and they get lower and lower. Let me ask you yeah. this. So you're sitting there at a half game up right now, but I want to go to police act because I do believe, and I was against the Royals, last place team. 
But he comes in. I thought we had Hammy on um, that day, Jay right. Lou. And I said to him, I go, right. I go, I know it's against the Royals, but this is a pressure start. Yes. He's got personal stuff to overcome. He's got Clevenger getting traded. He, there's, he's going to be relied on much more. He was welcomed back in. He had a lot to prove. And they staked him with those early runs. And I know that he may have pitched just as well without him. But how much do you think that settled him in when you guys struck so early? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, Ar. You're definitely on point with that, and and I think almost in the same scenario is where Mike Clevenger, when he made the start against Minnesota, you know, he gets punched right in the mouth with the home run by Max Kepler, and then settled in. You know, it's almost like in football where you just want to take that first hit, get that first tackle out of the way, just so you can get back into the flow. And I'm sure that he's sitting there in the dugout. Zach Plesac was feeling a, a definite sense of relief. But you're you're right. The command and the poise. Of what he exhibited, and, and again, I don't care who it was against, it's on the road, it's a divisional opponent, uh, this is a team he has pitched well against in his career, he's undefeated now, 4-0, uh, in five starts, I, I think you see, yet again, where this this team, and when they had that meeting uh, on that Thursday in Detroit, they wanted to establish an identity, they wanted a no-nonsense approach, and you know sometimes in families, you've got to put... You've got to put one of your family members, one of your kids in timeout and, and scold them and, and really have them understand the gravity of what's at stake. And I think Zach took his medicine. He was remarkable, a model citizen down at, at Lake County and was a real good influence for the young kids that are still down there and still playing at the at the alternate site. So it's a credit to him. It's also a credit to the team for standing by what their ideals were, this front office, too, in the same fashion. Hey, we all are going to make mistakes. That was a big one. That was a big learning experience. And the only thing Zach Plesak could do is come back, be a model citizen, and most importantly, contribute on on the field and so far so good sticking with this royal series jay lou tristan mckenzie man on his 23rd mm. birthday uh, he went out there and pitched well right six innings three hit ball it was really really good to see him perform well because that was the only question i had jay lou was the post cleverger trade where are these young guys going to be ready to step up and fill the roles that we've seen filled from guys that are veteran pitchers but the stuff that he's bringing to the mound 60 feet yeah. six inches away talk to me about his stuff jay lou it really is remarkable, you know, when you think, Matty, about what he's, what he's able to do from a leverage standpoint. What I mean by that, you know, he's so lean and he's so tall. And, and when he releases the ball, he's so close to home plate. And we talked about, uh, you know, maybe in past years where when Aroldis Chapman was coming up and, and just how close to the plate he delivers the ball, how long his arm is out in front. That, that 95 that McKenzie's throwing is looking like 98 to 100. And I'm just watching the swings and the reaction. And sometimes there's no reaction from guys because they can't pull the trigger because it's on them so quickly. So, you know, it, it kind of has that, that backspin. Like when you watch AR on a driving range and he's getting a driver loose and he's got that backspin, that's, that's what you're seeing out of Tristan McKenzie's hand. It's hopping at home plate. It's exploding that last... 15 to 20 feet and when you're coming at it with a 6-5 frame the down angle that he's able to impart on it 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 really is difficult to be able to pick up and pull the trigger and that's why I think you're seeing in these first three starts some of these some of these really uncomfortable at bats and, and uncomfortable swings and that that's a big part of it. Jay Lou with us, Jensen Lewis, talking uh, tribe and MLB in general here on Chin Music every Friday here on Rothman and Ice. All right, a week is in the books. We've kind of settled in on the trade. You're a lot closer to it than most. What was the reaction up there in Seatown? 
<laughs> well, you can imagine that uh, when you trade one of the top ten starters in the American League, that you figured you would get, you know, one of those impact bats. We always talk about. Uh, I think initially the emotional reaction from people uh, was, "Oh gosh, we got fleeced. You know, we we didn't get anything in return. We got nothing that's going to help us this year." And so I felt like part therapist on on Indians Live, just <laughs> trying to explain to people. Understand in in present day value, especially when you're trading away a guy in Clevenger with some significant injury history. He's only made 30 starts or more in a season, one time in his five with the Indians. He missed two months in a row for two years. You know uh, that that lat injury, the knee injury, he had to battle through camp this year. I mean, he was already going to miss time this year had we started in April. So. You have to understand that the medicals, when those get exchanged and you know acquiring GMs are taking a look at that, there is there is significant risk. So you can't you can't justify parting with a, a really top end, you know, maybe your one or two ranked prospect and maybe a significant bat of the major league roster because that just doesn't equal out the risk that you're taking on. And and Let me, so yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to jump in. I just wanted to follow up real quickly before Maddie jumps right back in on Cleb. And I think what they're not getting credit for is he wasn't a ready-made star when they got him in their system. Correct. And the the one thing that they can take credit for is that they helped develop him into a pseudo-ace. No doubt. And now they're reaping the rewards from it. Like you talked about, the shoulder, the ankle, the knee, the minor. Like, I think that may be something you're you're talking about here is that, my goodness, they helped develop him, and now just because they traded him doesn't mean they didn't like him. It's mean they wanted to reap those rewards. Yeah, and and they are. I, I tweeted it out the other day. They're pitching you. Uh, they really are. They they have the answer key in the minor league development process to be able to continue churning out these guys. I mean, you saw what obviously they did with Beaver, Plesac, and Savali. I would have to imagine that Cal Quantrill is just got to be brimming to get to get into the lab, as I call it. Uh, you know, he Logan Allen could be the next wave uh, of guys coming up, and and I think you also justify the trade by what you. Saw in the here and now from Tristan McKenzie. If if Tristan McKenzie isn't ready, maybe this trade doesn't happen because they've always dealt from an area of depth and and the starting rotation, controllable starting ass, uh, uh, you know assets. They've always had a plethora of that, but they won't move it unless they're going to get both short and long term ramifications back. And, and I think that's something that went through Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff's head in those 10 days leading up to the break when those conversations intensified was we're really good at, at making starting pitchers. We're really good at it. We're good at drafting <laughs> them. We're good at developing them. You know, why not? Let's go get something that we need for the future. They, those three prospects are going to be major leaguers here in a couple of years. They're going to be part of the long-term plan. And then you get a guy in Hedges who's the second-best defensive catcher in the league behind Roberto Perez. So you have the best catching tandem defensively in all of baseball. You're going to get some contributions, I think, from Josh Naylor. You, you don't need him to be otherworldly. You just need him to lengthen the lineup. And, and I think I told you guys last time, if Lindor and Reyes and Ramirez are not hitting, this team goes nowhere. And that goes for every other team. If your stars aren't hitting doesn't matter what you're going to be able to do because that's why you have them. So I think the Indians feel very confident that in two ways to win a game, you can prevent runs or you can score runs. They're really good at preventing it. They're the best in the league. So you basically need two or three runs for this staff, and that's going to be enough to get you across the finish line. I think that's their idea moving forward to October. 
J-Lu sticking with the trade theme, the Red Legs down in the Natty did make a couple moves kind of late there at the, after the trade deadline or right up against it, going to get Archie Bradley from Arizona and Brian Goodwin from the Angels. What do you think those um, additions can do for the Reds? As it's, getting, it's getting close, man. they got to start cranking it up if they want to get in this playoff conversation. But those two guys, what do you think they can bring to their squad? Yeah, yeah, and, and I've seen Archie for a while out in Arizona. He's, he's kind of that Swiss Army knife, you know, the back end of the pen. You don't have to have him close. He can do it, though. He was doing it out there. But now you've, you've got a real nice setup core there with Amir Garrett, with Lorenzen, and now with Archie Bradley in front of Rizal Iglesias. And I think the Reds, similar to the Indians, were feeling like, okay, you know, our offense has yet to really start producing, but we've got all the offense that we need. We'll add a guy that can help us defensively and be able to swing the bat in the bottom of the lineup where you can lead off. Uh, Goodwin's pretty versatile in that respect. I was on LV Network Radio, fellas, and I took a ton of crap from Reds fans <laughs> by, by saying, hey, I think this is a sleeping giant. You have to remember, too, guys, we're only 30, 35 games in, and I get it's a 60-game season, but think back in a regular season scenario. We'd just be into the first week or second week of May, and that's really when teams start to get going and start to un- understand what they're good and what they're not good at. So the instantaneous result factor that people wanted in this short season, uh, I think that's where you've got to kind of look at this objectively and say, if this team just does what's on the back of their baseball cards, they are lethal. They are. I I mean, I told you guys from day one, I picked the Reds to win the division. It's not going to happen this year, but I'm serious. You do not want to face the likes of Gray, Bauer, Castillo in a three-game set. There ain't no way the Dodgers and Cubs are sitting there saying, oh, I can't wait. I hope they get in. I can't wait. Because that is a dangerous team in a short series, and anything can happen. So I think once they get those bats, and as you said, Maddie, it's not a massive mountain to climb here for them. They get on a a three-, four-game winning streak. You're right in there. And, and they can really hit the ground running in October and be really a problem for people in the postseason. Yeah, you guys are right. I mean, equal, equal games back in the division and wild card right there on the outside looking in. But they, they can't afford too many hiccups here right. as we hit the stretch drive. J. Lou, always great to have you, buddy, on the, on the bullpen phone. We hope you have a great holiday weekend, man. Thanks. Likewise. Thanks, boys. Thanks, J. Lou. Jensen Lewis, just a bullpen call away for us all the time on Chin Music. He was on the Brian Heating Coin Systems Fangus Hotline. All right, when we come back, Matty, little NFL two-minute drill. A couple teams maybe inquiring about Adrian Peterson. We'll give you the latest, and we'll twerk our way into the weekend. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station, the fan. Time for the NFL two-minute drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit MarkLevyDDS.com today. All right, NFL two-minute drill time, Maddie. And the Washington football team has sent Adrian Peterson, the legend, packing the day before the mandatory reduction of the roster to 53. So now it really puts him in a bind on trying to find a landing spot. But Pro Football Talk is saying a couple teams have already inquired about the future Hall of Famer. One obvious one would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, where former Washington coach Jay Gruden is the OC. If Peterson wants to ring chase, like you alluded to earlier, in the last year of his career or years, he's 35, then Jayville is not the place to go. Kansas City, as you mentioned, would be very intriguing because Damian Williams opted out, making that rookie CEH, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
the workhorse dude that everybody wants in fantasy. And Peterson could be that little thunder and lightning uh, dude to have in Kansas City. I'd be rooting there. The Patriots will also be on the watch list for me because they always look for that legend, motivated, early down back that he might be able to provide something. Pro Football Talk also mentioning the Steelers. The Bears certainly could use something there. Eagles, Seahawks. A lot of teams in there, but uh, it would be the Chiefs the, for the me favorites. if I was AP. You know, like that would be where I would want to go um, to attach myself to them and back up the rookie and still have a pretty big impact. Wanted to bring this up because the Brownies did make a trade yesterday when we got off the air. They traded for safety Ronnie Harrison. So you mentioned Jacksonville; they made a trade with the Jags yesterday, giving up a fifth round pick in 2021. So he's still a young cat, and obviously with the Achilles injury to Grant Delpit. They had to figure yep. out something at that safety position. So he's 23 years old, former third-round pick out of Alabama. Um, the Browns are making moves because on the defensive side of the ball, they've had guys being nicked up guys out for periods of time. So you bring him in, maybe that shores up the back end of that defense just a little bit. I think it's a great move. I think it's a low-risk move, and you got a young guy. There might be a future there. That is the NFL, two-minute drill. And we mentioned earlier the Titans have an offer out to Clowney. We'll see if he takes it or tries to leverage it against the he's Saints. He's clowning right now. That's what yeah, he's well, doing. He's going back in, if he's going back into that leverage game, that's that, that game floundered for him when he tried it. So yeah. yeah, no doubt. We'll see. All right, it's Friday. We twerk our way into the weekend. All right, Maddie, Ready for this one? I'm ready. Baseball coach, right up your alley. Small university, private university in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois, like out in Oak Lawn, like way like south of the city. Well, I guess he got fired. He hijacked the Twitter accounts of the school, started a social media war with the school after he got the axe, and now the university is trying to sue this guy. So there's a new lawsuit obtained by TMZ. This dude coached their baseball team back in 2014. The university says after officials canned him this year, he hoarded all of the team's Twitter account passwords and refused to give them back. And not only that, he started tweeting stuff, bad stuff. Now, the, the university claims during that time period, he tweeted out a bunch of inflammatory things about the school, blasting the sports programs on multiple levels. Eventually, I guess he did return the accounts, but claims the drama didn't end there in the lawsuit. St. Xavier University... In South Chicago, says that he created more accounts that were almost identical to the university's official ones, similar bios, pictures of the team mascot, handle names, all this stuff. Now they're suing for trademark infringement, and now he's in a big pot of stew, more than just handing back the passwords. Look, Amazing. I'm, I'm all for pettiness. I love going back and forth and clapping back at people, but there's levels to this, and obviously he took it too far, but I appreciate the effort. I got to give it to him. I do appreciate the effort. All right, that's twerking for the weekend. We'll see if he escapes that, buddy. All right, I hope you have a good holiday weekend, both you guys. The gum grafter is going to get his uh, mouth in shape and hopefully come back strong. He popped a few stitches this week. We'll get him back into the oral surgeon to take care of that. And then hopefully we'll all enjoy Monday unless something breaks in the Big Ten, Yacht Rock Radio style, and then we'll reconvene on Monday if not, it's the best of. So you guys enjoy. I'm going to 24-hour Le Mans, run to my golf cart. I'm actually going to walk. You're proud of me. Take it easy. Yeah, take it easy. Take it, take it easy. Take it easy. Soprano style. All right, everybody, enjoy. We're back next week. Rothman and Ice on the fan. 
Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good afternoon. I'm Paul Keels. A pair of Game 7s in the NHL playoffs today and tonight. Both games from Edmonton. The Dallas Stars face the Colorado Avalanche. Then it's the Vegas Golden Knights against the Vancouver Canucks. NBA playoffs. Miami against Milwaukee this evening. Heat with a 2-0 lead over the Bucks. Then the Houston Rockets start their Western semifinal series against the Los Angeles Lakers. Following off days, both Cleveland and Cincinnati return to baseball action. The Indians host Milwaukee tonight. Corbin Burns pitching for the Brewers against the Indians. Carlos Carrasco. The Reds with a doubleheader at Pittsburgh. Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer. Our pitching for Cincinnati, Stephen Brault and Cody Potts will work for the Pirates. The Washington football team has released running back Adrian Peterson. He ranks fourth all-time rushing and has played two years with Washington. Dustin Johnson at 11-under holds a one-stroke lead at the opening round of the Tour Championship in Atlanta. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan. Ohio sports destination.